What's up, Red Raider Nation? Welcome to episode 56 of the Lone Raider Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am your host, Jonah Young. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Nathan. How do you feel about Thursday night games, Zuniga? What's up, buddy? That's a good question. Um, Honestly, I do like that there is a, a week uh, a week a game to look forward to in the week so i am in favor of them but at the same time a short week is kind of problematic for football players right on their body it takes longer than three days for them to be fully hailed from you know being you know bombarded by other cars essentially because that's how fast they're, they're moving right they're yeah. going as fast as a slow mo- moving vehicle and by slow i mean like 15 at the bare minimum and i don't know about y'all but i'm not trying to get hit 15 miles per hour. So, yeah, no, I'm in favor of them. I think they should just move it to Friday or have it where if you are going to play on Thursday, you get the automatic bye week before. Yeah, it's like, it's, or if it's like coming know? off a of bye week, you know, and you play Thursday, yeah, kind of exactly. like Tech's about to do. Exactly, know? exactly. Like so, that. I'm not saying that's, that's that just because my Saints got rocked on a Thursday. Um, not because of that, but just just okay. general question. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how I feel. I wish they'd have it where, at the very least, the bye week before or after that they're going into but preferably before because it gives them time to actually properly heal. Yeah, I get you, I get you. you Yeah, definitely. That's that's, that's how I feel. Anyways, yeah, I'm doing good, man. How about (laughs) y'all? Good to hear, good to hear. Also with us today is San Antonio's finest, Mr. 210 himself, Nesto Martinez. What's up, Nesto? What it do, boys? Wemby Nation. Wemby Nation, Nation. got that right, man. I know you're a... you're going to the Spurs game tonight, so uh, you'll be uh, heading off here in just a little bit. To that, what kind of a? Why don't you show the uh, show the camera? What kind of jersey you rock? You rocking Tim Duncan right now? Tim Duncan, hell yeah, man. Hell D. yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we're all rocking uh, Spurs gear on this podcast right now. You would think it's a Spurs podcast uh, based off of uh, what we're wearing right here, but you know, hey, look, season starts tonight. It's uh, it's a new era. I actually feel excited about Spurs basketball, which is something I haven't been in uh, several years now. And ready to get the season rolling, man, and uh, have fun at the game, buddy. I really hope you do have fun at the game. Appreciate it. Um, on this week's episode, we are once again bringing the good vibes and high quality conversations your way, which include but are never limited to a recap of the Red Rainers. Very turnover-prone loss to the BYU Cougars. A recap of the boys' trip out to Utah. Our preview of this uh, Texas Tech basketball season, which does include a discussion with some very special guests from another Texas Tech podcast. Um, Another soccer update. Our easy money wins and losses from last week. And, of course, capping it off with our good vibes, vibe of the week. All that coming up here in just a little bit you would think going into a bye week this would be kind of a shorter episode no we actually got quite a bit to get to we got a lot of uh, a lot of content coming y'all's way here so yeah strap in y'all strap in uh before we get into that though i want to remind y'all to go follow our social media accounts as at loner pod on facebook twitter and instagram we are on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, amazon music and on youtube be sure to rate review and subscribe if you so choose also feel free to leave a five-star review Either way, we appreciate y'all for supporting your local small-time Texas Tech Sports Podcast as brought to you by the fans that give some dams and who are officially powered by the South Plainsman. Be sure to check them out. That is at South Plainsman on both Twitter and Instagram. 
Today, guys, is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, officially 29 days until Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, just uh, less than a month before we're uh, carving up some turkeys, man. I'm excited about it. Excited about it. Uh, so going to enter this one, start this one off uh, with a soccer update. Uh, so Texas Tech soccer. Your 2023 Big 12 regular season championships. Uh, they just won. They took home the title. Let's Coincides go. with our uh, highest ranking in program history at number five. Coming at number five in the nation Ooh. this week, man. Highest ever been, man. So the girls are really doing their job. They're doing their part. They're, you know, busting ass on the pitch. I mean, they they really earned this one. It was a gritty, gritty victory. They went undefeated at home. Now you just got to, you know, go in the Big 12 tournament right now, uh, try to take care of business there, and then, you know, really hit the NCAA tournament and try to uh, bring home a natty, man. I think these girls are capable of doing it. I think that the Big 12 soccer is very, uh, very competitive, one of the most competitive conferences in the country. Uh, maybe I'll say the ACC. I think the ACC is a really, really good conference and the Pac-12 is also a really good conference um, during its last year's inception at least. Uh, so yeah, I mean I feel like, you know, I, I feel pretty good about these girls heading into that uh, into that tournament and I really hope that they can uh, come away with the national championship. Bring it home, girls. Bring it home. Next on our list, uh, Texas Tech is officially moving on from Under Armour to Adidas. We are now in Adidas. <laughs> well, it's something I never thought Three I would stripes. say. So guys, what do Three we think stripes. about that? Um, ultimately, uh, I feel like Nike usually has the best jerseys, but, uh, Adidas definitely yeah. is a step up from Under Armour. So that's kind of how I feel on it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's pretty much it, man. Not really much else to say. It's just a Jersey logo swap really. Right. Unless they're going to come out with completely new designs. So. You think it's completely new designs? I hope so. That'd be nice yeah, to be excited that- for that, but well, what do you think, Nesto? You got a lot to chime in there, buddy. How you feel about uh, it? To me, I'm indifferent. It's I mean, a logo. I, I mean, me personally, right? Uh, <laughs> I love Under Armour, like branded clothes. So, um, but in terms of like how it applies to Texas Tech, uh, I think Adidas is going to be like a better jersey. I feel like they're more comfortable, and Under Armour is more like for like an athletic wear. Um, but mm-hmm. Adidas definitely does have like a different feel to it, a more softer feel, a flexible feel. And I do think they come up with better designs. So based on what I've seen in the past from like previous years of Texas Tech jerseys under, you know, Under Armour, uh, it's probably a good change. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. no, it is. Most, I don't know a lot of Under Armour jerseys that I could think of. Of course, I'm a little biased, right? Because like I said, I like Under Armour personally, but I, I don't I don't hate Adidas. It's pretty comfortable, so yeah. I like it. I mean, what you? I uh, what about you, Jonah. Yeah, I like Tell like us. kind of in line with Nesto, man. I I really like Under Armour. I like Under Armour's products, man. I know that they announced uh, earlier this summer that they were shifting away from college athletics, you know, not going to be the apparel sponsorship for really any college athletic teams anymore. Uh, kind of said they want to focus more on the pro athlete market, uh, which is fine. But I mean, I, I always really liked Under Armour apparel. I have a lot of it, you know, it's just like, damn, I can't really, you know, buy any more Texas tech apparel right now because, you know, it's not really going to be um, in line with what their brand is. It's limited edition now. Yeah, it's limited exactly. edition. Now. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, guess, but still, 
you know like i want to i want to wear like you know, our new brand stuff you know uh which i'm hearing right now like it actually um instead of, like having the adidas logo like i have right here it's uh might be the patrick mahomes logo the pm logo that he has kind of like similar to what uh jordan is for nike right now like some schools like you know ou michigan well wow, that would be um, actually kind of they have a they have if a, we were the adidas uh, school that'd be crazy yeah huh? like kind of like the way that <laughs> jordan is with nike but like pm with the uh, Patrick Mahomes with the Adidas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so would the M be the three stripes in a type of way? No, like he he actually has his own logo too. Oh, he has his own logo. Yeah, I don't, know if, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but you can definitely Google it. Um, Patrick Mahomes logo for Adidas. Um, it, I, I I'm not really a fan of the logo to be 100 percent honest with you. I think if we were to just go do, let's just do the regular classic three stripes, you know, like I don't know. But uh, apparently, from what I heard, I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, Arizona State, who was also an Adidas school, they approached Patrick Mahomes and said that, hey, we're kind of thinking about doing something a little different. Can we use your logo as kind of like a brand apparel, you know, similar to Jordan and Nike, Patrick Mahomes and Adidas, right? And uh, Patrick Mahomes said, no, Texas Tech has to be first. <laughs> He's like, I, I wouldn't okay, mind okay. if Texas Tech's got to be first. And well, it looks like Texas Tech is going to be first in that regard. Yeah, but, I don't um, like that at all. Yeah, the logo. <laughs> you just look I, at it. I, I I just saw it right now, and you're like, nah, yeah, nah. yeah. I, I I like it better. Like how's on your uh, money jersey? I like it way yeah. better like that. I would imagine that Texas Tech, Arizona State probably going to go to the Mahomes logo. I imagine Kansas probably does too, being you know Kansas City, and um, they're already Adidas too. Um, but I'm curious to see how many other schools might take that up. Maybe Washington. I don't know. Um. I know they're Adidas as well, too. So, I mean, it is kind of a sad departure considering I liked Under Armour products personally. But, you know, hey, new era moving on. I'm curious, like, I don't know if they're going to do it for basketball, like keep the uh, keep the Mahomes logo on for the basketball jerseys or baseball jerseys. I, I It sounds a little weird, but then again, I mean, Jordan Brand also has football, and he never played football. So, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm curious to see how... Uh, how they go about it, but you know, hey, look, new era, new times. Let's also, go ahead and adapt and move on to Adidas, man. Let's go. Also, we got to think about the shoes. They yes, might come out, and that's better. um. The, this is this is my hot, look. Adidas has better shoes than Under Armour, but both of yeah, them, I think, I, I think both weird. of them really don't stand much to to Nike in terms of shoes. Uh, I like hate Nike, bro. I'm not in the cap with it. I hate, Nike. Nike. I hate Nike. Look, I gotta be honest hey, with you. Bro, Adidas, Nike, Adidas shoes Nike aren't. Apparel is they don't terrible. look great, man. Yeah, Nike apparel, but we're talking shoes here, and this is what y'all brought up. This my yeah, that's all I gotta say. So no, yeah, I'm no, ultimately- about Nike in general as the brand, like I don't like their clothes at all. Really? Yeah, no, fuck no, I hate that shit. <laughs> no, no, I, I thought yeah. like if we were to move on from Under Armour, it would be too Nike, uh, which I wouldn't mind, but you know. This is fine. That's really where I think Under Armour's been lacking is in the shoe game that you brought up. You know, they don't really have great shoes. I know Adidas has much better shoes. Yeah, I'm not a sneakerhead. You know, Texas you, like, Tech I, brand I, shoes I, that we have from Under Armour. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have um like I, I buy one pair of sneakers every three years and I wear those. Like I'm not a sneakerhead at all, guys. <laughs> like Well, well, Jonah, well, when you get your Under Armors, you could go get the Steph Curry's, baby, because that's that's the biggest <laughs> yes, name that they yes. got is the is the Curry's. <laughs> it is, it is, man. He's so, really, uh, reshaped Under Armour uh, for the most part in the shoe game, I guess. But I don't know. I'm not much of a shoe guy, so I really don't care all too much about it. But probably some people do. Some people do. Anyways, moving on. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and recap my trip out to 
Salt Lake City in Provo for a little bit here. So, nice. yeah, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I'll be at that game. I was there in attendance, uh, which we'll, we'll get to the actual game itself here in a minute. But, yeah, I actually had a really great time. Uh, flew into um, flew out of Amarillo. Uh, boy Zuni here drove us to the airport, drove me and my girl Kirsten out to the How airport. Was uh, where we, uh, yeah, nice taxi, nice Uber. I gave you five yeah, stars. I had to fly in from Amarillo to Dallas, Dallas Love Field Air- Airport out there. Had a bit of a layover and then got on another plane to go straight from Dallas to Salt Lake City. And by the way, Salt Lake City's airport is just absolute bullshit, dude. That is such a bullshit <laughs> airport, man. It is so massive for no reason. You know, <laughs> like we had like when we got off like at our gate, we follow the signs for baggage claim and we walk, you know, a good, I don't know, maybe quarter mile. And then we have to go down the uh, down the escalator and have to walk like at least half a mile all the way across just to go back up the escalator to a separate part of the airport. And then we got to walk further from there, go back down an escalator and then go back up an escalator just to get to our bags. You Turns know, and then the came the guys. real the next challenge was just finding the rental car place, which actually wasn't too hard to, hard to find at that point. Um, but yeah, like that that Salt Lake City Airport is so bullshit, man. <laughs> oh, I was I was kind of pissed about that, but you know we got everything situated. Went to our uh, I was kind of just pussed around Salt Lake City for a little bit. Uh, we were pretty hungry when we got off the plane, so we went to Moochie's Cheesesteaks, which was a place that was uh, recommended to me by uh, by a lot of BYU fans when I announced I was going. Really good cheesesteaks, man. They got like the jalapeno sauce that you can put on the cheesesteaks. Actually, really, really good. Uh, definitely recommended for going out there. Cheesecake? Uh, cheesesteaks. Oh, cheesesteaks. <laughs> yeah, no. Did, did I say cheesecake? Uh, I heard cheesesteak. A cheesesteak. I, I heard okay. cheesecake, bro. I'm sorry. I heard cheesecake. <laughs> we got to review the footage. <laughs> jalapeno <laughs> sauce and cheesecake? Yeah, no. I'm not a really big cheesecake fan, but cheesesteaks I like. I like a lot. And, uh, after that, we just kind of hit up their bar district. I putzed around uh, downtown Salt Lake City for a good minute. Really beautiful out there. Gorgeous scenery. The mountains are fantastic. Uh, actually, has fall colors. Like, it has, like, orange and yellow, green, brown. Nice. Like, like, it's all fall colors, and the leaves are actually falling off. Like, driving around Salt Lake City, I'm thinking, like, you know, this is a really big city, but it has, like, a small city kind of feel to it, like a small town vibe to it. And it's actually really, really gorgeous out there. I, I highly recommend uh, visiting if you haven't visited before. Um, a girl wanted my girl who was uh at the time a big high school musical fan and we went to the high school they shot high school musical it's a real high school it's actually called east high school which i thought was kind of a kind of kind of, kind of you know interesting uh so went out there you know, took a picture in front of it we were gonna go on a tour but we had like just conflicting interests there uh with what we we're planning that day so we couldn't go on a tour of the school uh, even though she really wanted to I'm not much of a high school musical person. Never got into it when it was big. Wow. Still not Sad. now. I never Sad seen any, that. That's no, I, never, I never seen any. What? Y'all guys are tripping. No, high school musical. It's good. It's good, man. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, man. It's, a, it's it's good enough. It's our generation's grease is what I like to call it. So, Ugh. yeah. Interesting. I mean, look, most people don't like musicals in general. So if you don't like a musical from the get go, you're probably going to hate that movie. Let's kind of fun out. <laughs> so so I, I understand why why y'all hate it but as a musical yeah it's cool i like it solid series y'all sleep on it i haven't I watched guess, the show I not going know. not gonna not gonna hey look a lot look 
boy, man, they had me screaming Wildcats like crazy throughout my life. So yeah, they're actually the Leopards. The high school is actually the Leopards. No, they're Wildcats, okay? But I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> dumb. Anyways. It's still <laughs> real to me, damn it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I like it. That was my two cents. Sorry, continue on with your story. Uh, no worries, man. No worries. <laughs> um... But yeah, then we uh, we were staying in a South Jordan Airbnb out in South Jordan there, which is like in between Salt Lake City and Provo. So really good spot. You know, we spent the rest of the day kind of just putts around Salt Lake City, back to Airbnb. Um, we were kind of tired, so we clocked in really early that night because we had to be up at like two a.m. the night before. We had a really early flight uh, that uh, you had to take us to. Um, and so, yeah, it was, we ended up crashing at like nine o'clock that night. We, we were tired. Um, so we didn't really do Probably much so. that night. But uh, the next morning, we, we went to a place called uh, Neater's Bakery out there in South Jordan. Bro, that place had like the best cinnamon French toast I've ever had in my life, dude. Went there for breakfast, man. Bro, that shit hit so hard. And it was so <laughs> delicious, man. They gave you like this like little cup of uh, like strawberries and cream next to it. Uh-huh. And like uh, some sausage links too. Like hot maple syrup too. Just pour over your pancake. Or, um, pancakes. It, French it, toast, man. Bro, that shit busting, was bro. so good. Man. It was busting, bro. Uh, here. <laughs> straight busting. No, I'm not going to say that. It was busting, bro. Uh, <laughs> but it was so good uh th- th- this is game day too so we went out to uh another place that was recommended bam bam's barbecue uh which i was really skeptical at first because i'm like yeah utah barbecue being from texas i've had a really good barbecue before like eh, you know let's give it a shot you know so we go there um we're in line to you know order food and everything and i mean it's packed full of byu fans there just absolutely packed to the brim uh we're we're literally the only lone raiders out there <laughs> you know a little, uh, little <laughs> yeah yeah little fun in. right there but um yeah so we ordered from there um and i gotta say like that place very mid very very mid. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's coming from a texan so you know we, yes we, yes it's, it's with it's, the shits guys yeah he, he knows. i mean I, i've he had knows. so much good barbecue in my life man and that place just did not hit <laughs> you know I, I if you're from utah i can see like how you would like it you think it's a quality place but like you come to is texas it, and, is it better than rudy's or worse uh uh yeah, rudy's is I, I also think it's a little bit worse than rudy's see that's my thing to me, rudy's that's, the bar, right? sauce that's pretty good so rudy's is okay that's how i've always felt but it's not like the worst barbecue in the world either right? yeah, it's, it's okay I mean, it's, right it's, it's I, I wouldn't say it's like I, it's it's on like it's on like the same level I would say as Rudy. I mean honestly, like actually I'd say a little bit less. I I I'd peg it down a couple notches. Uh, the brisket was was okay. Nothing Jonah to would have about, rather but... ate at Rudy's, is what I'm hearing. Probably yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah probably yep yep. yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, they had like the uh, jalapeno cheddar sausage there too. I had a link of that. That was pretty good. You know, doing their their sauce it was the barbecue sauce pretty good too um but like we ordered like you know potato salad and some mac and cheese too my girl likes potato salad um and the mac and cheese that we got though like it had like goldfish crumbs in it like they just put goldfish in there really threw me off (laughs) and i was like what the fuck is this like how how you fuck up mac and cheese didn't taste bad but it was like did they mess up then how do you mess up mac and cheese like this like why are you putting goldfish in here 
Is yeah. that where Goldfish started? Was in Utah? Is that where it originated? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. That's the only explanation know. I could have for that, man. They just take that much pride in the goldfish. Yeah. Right, I guess. But I would say all in all, I'd give this barbecue 5.5 out of 10. Like It's mm. super mid. So Rudy's is a six then on your, on your scale. Sure. 5.8. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 5.8. Not uh, much. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, um, on this journey, I'm gonna wrap this up really quick too. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, go to the game. Meant to go to the tailgate out there, and I will say, like, kind of like, uh, we meant to go to the tailgate, but we just had you know conflicting schedules, everything like that. Couldn't make it out the tailgate that we got invited to. I kind of wanted to, but just couldn't figure it out. Also, parking was a, was a, was a situation too. Um, much better parking than they have at a Texas Tech stadium at Jones ATC. Much better parking situation there, and it's free there too. So, much better. And it's closer to the stadium, not too far of a walk. Not bad at all. Um, but yeah, and so kind of walking around the BYU stadium there, uh, around Lavelle Edwards, it was uh, kind of very, they, they go pretty hard for uh, for game day. They don't have like tailgates or anything like that, but they had like, you know, like the live concerts, um, live music playing, a booth set up for the kids, you know, a lot of stuff going on. They had like a mini college game day sort of for BYU. Mm-hmm. They got sale. They had like a patch of grass, you know, that they would, uh, that like, you know, college game day has. So it was actually very, very interesting uh, seeing the way they go about game day out there and uh, out there in Provo. And I'm just going like, dang, this is like, legitimate big 12 right here like this is good vibes right here um but yeah you know and i, I didn't you know plus around there just a little bit a lot of people are just like hey you know welcome to utah welcome to BYU stadium are you from texas oh it's really cool welcome to utah you know hope you have a great time here and everything and i'm just like i'm not overtly nice i'm not used to this i'm not, I'm not <laughs> i went to baylor earlier like just a couple weeks ago and they weren't like that <laughs> they were like that they weren't like that um, but yeah, it was a good time. I did get the uh, I did get the uh, Cougar Tail they had that was I was recommended to by the guys from Cougar Talks podcast. Dig Ooh, it, that? which if you don't know what it is, it's just a basically like a long john donut, um, with like the maple glaze on it, and they put bacon on top of that too. And the shit's like a mm. foot long too, really, really okay. sweet, actually, really good too. Um, and yes, I did get the um, Get the free ice cream. They give out free ice cream to visiting fans in the visiting fan section. Oh, that's nice um, of them. And the people behind us, they uh, like they were really nice. They want to make sure that we got it too. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, uh, I'm telling you, bro. Like I said on last podcast, <laughs> they're gonna be like, uh, oh, you'll kick our ass next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good ice cream too. Really liked it. I can't think of the flavor. I don't remember what the flavor was, but it was it was really really delicious. And uh, I mean, hey, it's it's free ice cream. I'm, I'm always gonna take free ice cream. Uh, but yeah, you know, then the game went on. Left next day, kind of just putzed around uh, Salt Lake City Provo. Saw the Great Salt Lake too. Um, and then yeah, no, just kind of you know, did some random things here and there in Salt Lake City on Sunday. Didn't really want to go to Provo because I know that place is probably shut down on Sunday because of uh, you know church and everything. Um, at least that's just what I thought. Uh, and then yeah, Monday morning got up went to the airport. I uh, yeah, ended up flying back into Amarillo that day, and then um, yeah, you picked us up, boys. Zuni picked us up. Good taxi, you know. Good uh, good reviews. <laughs> I'm like, and I then. Yeah, I ended up uh, driving back to Lubbock. I just, I stayed in Lubbock an extra night because I was like, 
I'm tired, man. Like that, that was at five. We landed like five o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I did not want to drive all the way back to Austin. So <laughs> stayed there an extra night. Drove back. Uh, got in town yesterday. Today's actually my first full day back in town. So yeah, now we're recording the podcast here. So nice, man. Nice to be back. Nice to be back. Had a really fun trip though. Yeah, That's but good, uh, nice. I'm happy outside of the game, time. it was uh, it, it was it was a fun time. But uh, speaking well, of the game, we don't got to talk about that. We don't got to talk about that. That's yeah, okay. speaking of the game, though, I think we should get into this one just real quick. Do we? Do we have to? I guess. I mean, can it just be know. brief? <laughs> <laughs> we oh, we can make this one brief, guys. We we can make this one really really brief. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it, man. The what went right, what went wrong, stat breakdown, everything of that nature, and you know where do we go from here? Where do we stand? All that kind of fun stuff. So, all right. So the what went right. Well. Even though losses game, I still feel like you were able to do several things right, especially on the defensive side. You only allowed 277 total yards of offense for BYU. Uh, so, I mean, less than 300 absolutely. is pretty good for for really anybody. Stout uh, defense, you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And you were able to get off the field on third down. You know, they were four of 14 on third down. So, you know. Able to get the ball back to the offense as well. Um, defensively, I mean, the, the only knock on it, you didn't really have any takeaways you know you're supposed to take three university but didn't take any didn't have any turnovers i don't know if the defense has kind of lost the ability to uh maybe force some turnovers and everything like that but i i, I just think that you know they really need to um really need to make that emphasis going into the next week and as we enter this uh last uh last quarter of the year or last third of the year so uh yeah i would really like to see more emphasis on that but you know out, outside of that though you know, 150 rushing yards not ideal but you know hey you could definitely win with that you know you did, did give up a couple big plays here and there but as i mentioned you know this is a bend don't break style defense you're going to give up a couple big plays they had uh, uh one early by um lj martin i think he ran what was it a 60 yard touch uh, not not a touchdown but like a 60 yard gain on the opening drive that later resulted being a touchdown uh, and then there was that one-handed grab that actually happened right in front of me, and I was like, honestly, I couldn't even be mad at that. That was just such oh, a yeah, miraculous yeah. grab, too. That like, Lasner kid, right? Yeah, Lasner, yeah. dude, that thing. That, that was a sick catch. Yeah, you can only just tip your hat off. Yeah, to, to honestly, you can't really be mad. Like, you you can be frustrated, but you're like, dang, that's such a good catch, man. I was hoping it, it was like, oh, his foot was out of bounds or something like that. But I mean, yeah, was a problem a, throughout the day, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Was stat as we get into some of the stats later on, but uh. Yeah, I mean, defensively, I thought you did a pretty good job. You know, only 20 offensive points that you allowed. Um, they also had defensive score, too, so that's why you see that number. But, yeah, defensively, pretty good. Pretty solid throughout. Uh, and, of course, our guy, Taj Brooks, you know, uh, going off once again, 31 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. They were feeding him, man. We were always saying, like, oh, just feed Taj, feed Taj. Man, it's 31 carries. Like, I, I think, I think he was well-fed in this game you know uh, yeah uh, yeah yeah 31 carries I mean, that's that's a good amount of carries for for anybody so Taj Brooks once again going off really uh toting the load for this offense um forward but yeah I um I those are kind of my two um two positives I'm going to take away from this uh what about you buddy let's get into let's get into your thoughts um I guess just more experience for Jake Strong for what not to do that'd be a good takeaway I guess <laughs> So uh, there's the silver lining in that, if you want to take that away. So, yeah, the defense played good. I mean, they gave us multiple chances to start the game to at least make it a game. And really, it felt that way up until about halfway through the fourth quarter where I was like, yeah, we're just out of time at this point. They were getting stops, 
Like, uh, if I recall correctly, I mean, BYU's offense would drive occasionally, but they weren't very good at scoring, not in total. Yeah. I mean, what did you say? Would they give up 20 points in total? Yeah. So, yeah, no, you're telling me a tech defense gives up only 20 points? Yeah, yeah, come on. We'll, we'll take yeah. that any day of the week. It's right? usually a game like, you win. Yeah, you would think that, but here we are. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> shout out to them. Um, and yeah, shout out to Taj Brooks, just continuing to be, you know, just a steady, steady workhorse for us. So that's a, that's a good one as well. But yeah, no, um, that's about it, man. I'm with you on the same. I'm piggybacking off of you, John. There's not really a whole lot of nice you could say about this. I guess shout out Miles Price. He was kind of nice during it. You know, Zay White with the long touchdown pass. That's cool. You know, it's a big play. Uh, but other than that, man, not really much to to really uh, sing praises for, I guess you could say. Yeah, and also I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Dre McCray on uh, the special team side. He was actually doing pretty dang well returning the ball. Uh, yeah, a couple good returns. Yeah, yeah. Coleman got called back though due to penalties. But yeah, I thought he, I thought he did a really good job being able to be a really good return guy. You know, I thought special teams he was really nice at actually like he was he was he was turning them out it's just you know, really sucked that um a guy i wish we would have yeah. got the the ball more in uh those end rounds in the run game like um yeah i, mean, I wouldn't I mind we done that, that man. but yeah yeah definitely um now uh now i guess we get into the what went wrong uh, virtually everything else to be honest with you no uh no reason to sugarcoat that one uh one thing that really did beat you the most though was of course the turnovers turnovers and then you combine nine penalties for 80 yards as well too yeah that's that's not gonna win you games you're, you're gonna get beat you're gonna get beat quite a bit doing that you know jake strong throwing three interceptions uh he was, ni- he was 19 at 37 236 yards one touchdown three interceptions that he's was a gunslinger line yeah so he, he's uh, a that's what i'm learning but, he's a gunslinger yeah and he honestly this is a year he was just not ready for and that's fine like you're a true freshman he wasn't expected to start he was a third string quarterback you know thrust in the game due to injuries by multiple players ahead of him you know i I, i'm not delusional thinking like oh this guy was gonna be ready oh he was gonna you know put up a put up an alan bowman type performance like no i'm not i'm not you know including myself that way I think Jake, Jake Strong is a good player. I think he can be a good player with this development, you know, and some guys it takes, you know, that year, uh, maybe even two years sometimes to sit the bench and really learn the system and learn how college offenses operate and, you know, learn how to uh, read these college defenses against these, you know, bigger and better athletes um, as opposed to ones you face in high school. And, you know, I think Jake Strong just, just needed that this year. He needed that. He was, he was not ready. He, he's, he's not ready to take the reins of this offense just yet, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I think he has potential. We saw some good flashes. Um, I really liked his uh, pocket presence that he had. You know, I I think he held the ball on just a, just a tad too long sometimes, but I feel like he's you know very comfortable in the pocket, um, very good pocket awareness. I feel, and I think I think there are some things you you can definitely build off of. Is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's not just all bad with him. Like, yes, you don't want to throw three interceptions. Never good. Doesn't benefit anybody in, in that regard except for the other team. But there are some things you can build off of there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, uh, the kid's talented. I mean, you can see it. There, there, there are flashes. But um, yeah, no, it's just lack of experience right now, man. And I, 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 I can't fault him 
but at the same time, um, yeah, no, this guy, this guy wants to throw the ball deep. Like this is kind of, I think that's kind of his game. If I'm being honest with you, where, uh, where right now I feel like we kind of just need him to facilitate, you know, kind of just get the balls into our playmakers and let them kind of do their, do their work. I mean, it's nice. The deep shot's nice, but I don't know, man, there's just a lot of deep shots on first and second down on on key drives you know and that's that goes back on zach Kelly, in my opinion but yeah um uh, it's hard to to blame a third string quarterback <laughs> for the reason why we lost yeah i mean it's kind of a collective of things too so yeah no uh a part of it is coaching jonah i'd like to actually get your kind of opinion on the the coaching of this game and i'm curious to see how you feel uh there's not been like chatters but i mean i guess little 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 smokes i guess you could say uh joey mcguire hot seat what treading water i've seen <laughs> some uh no. some reports that's kind of crazy to me but uh yeah no just tell me how you how did you feel about the coaching this game man uh particularly and i mean future's future yeah joey mcguire is gonna get like at least another three years here. I'm convinced. Just saying. He'd have to do poorly the next three years for him to really get kicked the curb. But for this game, how how'd you feel about the coaching, man? Well, if you're going to ask me, are we a well, do we look like a well-coached team? Probably not. And we're yeah. going to talk about some of the actions in this game that kind of mm-hmm. led up to that, you know, not necessarily being well-coached. I don't know if we are a well-coached team. And as far as McGuire being on the hot seat, he can get that garbage out of here. He he's sticking around. He is trust me. He's going to be here next year, and I hope he's here the year after that. Man, I really do. Um, I will say, however, in that regard, though, uh, don't you feel kind of like with, with all the hype that was going into this preseason and everything they were saying? You know, Sixty minutes of us. This team is fourteen points better than they were last year. You know, do do you feel? kind of lied to at this point do you do you feel like this is just overhyped do you, do you feel like you know we were just you know like like he i i wouldn't say necessarily he lied to us but i feel like feel like he either went one of two ways you either just he either just overhyped this because that's what he truly believes like he like nobody believes in his guys more than joe mcguire does and that's fine that's exactly the head coach you want honestly mm-hmm. or he just blatantly kind of lied to say like, oh, well, I need to get these ticket sales up and, uh, you know, just hype this team up so the fans can be ready, knowing full well there's a talent deficiency there, which honestly, I didn't even think there was a talent deficiency, like getting or, you know, getting all, all the players you would turn back and getting them on the field, getting another year of experience and another year of development. You know, I, I don't, I, I think the truth is like maybe somewhere in the middle of that, but you know, I, I will say though, yeah, this season has not turned out to be really anything we imagined it would be. You know, sitting here at three and five right now, you feel a little lied to. You, we, uh, I, I think I heard somebody say this in the it was either Twitter space or it was just a tweet. Um, but he was saying like, you know, the uh, the Kool Aid that we were drinking earlier this season, earlier even before the season started, that you and I and Nesto. Uh, who just gave me the signal that he needs to go ahead and uh, depart for the Spurs game today. So, yeah, he's not going to be on here the rest of the podcast. I hope he has fun at the game, though, tonight, and it goes Spurs go. I promise to drive safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, that uh, the Kool-Aid that we were all drinking here on the podcast and really all of Ritter Nation uh, turned out to be snake oil. 
and we drank a lot of it. <laughs> it was actually snake oil, and we drank a lot of it, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's no better analogy I think you can use to describe this year, man. Uh, it's not gone the way I think any of us imagined. Snake oil, would. sad. Um, drank that snake oil, and it kind of makes me a little skeptical for next year especially with all that you lose at the end of this does it does it now interesting well with all the players that we lose this year and players are really good and the players are most which are the seniors well i i get you man i I understand that wholeheartedly but i mean we still have this season you know jonah like we still can send them out on the right way if we you know if we rally there's who's to say Who's to say, man? I mean, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the a lot of the turnovers were deep shots, you know, and then the, obviously there were the, the the costly ones with the fumbles. Now that's kind of something that, yeah, we need to get that under control because like those are those are more yes. than drive killers, you know. What I mean, that's momentum shifts right there because that's that's a fumble, and it's it's even more frustrating when it happens on something as simple as a handoff, right? Yes, so. and that's that's what I wanted to touch on when we got to coaching as well, like. Mm-hmm. These guys are power but, five division one athletes. You can't hand the ball off, you know, like that's not something I had on my bingo card. That and another thing we're going to talk about here, <laughs> the stupid spit gate going on. Uh, those are two things in this game that I did not think was going to be on my bingo card for, for the entire season. <laughs> spit gate. Um, yes. That's what we're yes. calling it. Uh, and that's kind of the other thing, like going back to well coach, it's like, you know, you have, you know, I mean, hell, like I'm sure like when you were in pop Warner, there was really no issue handing the ball off, was there? You know, you were expected like that's a, that's day one shit, man. You learn how to hand the ball off day one, and you can't seem to do it. You put the ball on the ground so many times. You have your center that can't seem to snap the ball above your ankles. Uh, which, by the way, uh, Rusty's it was announced uh, earlier today. I saw that uh, Coach McGuire is moving Rusty's stats from center to guard, and uh, Dennis Wilburn will uh, take over the uh, center position as well, the position he played last year. So. Really nice, Interesting by the way. Really switch. nice. Interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a change that needed to come. Honestly, I think that's a change that's a bit overdue. I don't think Rusty's... I think Rusty's that's a good player. I just don't know if he's a good center man. Just the way he keeps putting the ball at the quarterback's ankles. I mean, that kind of takes you out of the rhythm of the play, you know? Um, Dude, it takes that takes away the short game completely. Yeah. It, yeah and it doesn't help that's probably that, why we can't know, run Jake screens, strong. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of them. Ooh. So, but, um, you know, there's just a lot to just unravel here. How did, how did you uh, how did you feel about the play calling overall? This is something I like to harp on every week. Zach Kittley, he's just, you know, not on the hot seat, but if anyone's treading water. I, I think he is. I think he actually <laughs> is. I, I don't know if it's like super hot at this point, but it's, it's a little warm at this point, I think. It's safe to right. say. Right. So please like enlighten me. How did you feel about play calling this week? So we so you know, I, I would say I was bewildered but honestly the, the way the season's gone i don't even know why i'm surprised i i, I legitimately don't even know why i'm surprised i guess it's because fair. yeah even going back to when like the beginning of the year with tyler shuck you know you have a nfl running back on your team but you choose to run the ball with your quarterback who has had an injury history oh and won't behold he gets hurt you know yeah that's great play calling man i like how, how obvious can it be to like, hey, that's not a good idea. Why don't you run the ball with your running back, not your quarterback? And you've ran the ball with Tosh Brooks. It's worked out pretty well. He's done fairly, fairly decent, to say the least. He's yeah, a power five leader in rushing. Decent. He's a power five leader in rushing yards and broken tackles, too. That's what he leads it in. 
dude's crazy good, man. He's, he's really good, man. What a weapon. No, you, but no, no, no. What a Zach weapon. Kelly thought that running with his quarterback was a lot better. Okay. Yeah. Great. Now with Baron Morton, you know, you get a little more conservative. You you adapt your coaching to his, you adapt your play calling to his play style. Really good, man. Uh, so he goes down. Now we th- throw this third string quarterback in there. Let's just take deep shots all game long. Just throw the ball deep. Let's not, you know, utilize running game. Let's not do these short passes. Let's not do screens. Let's not do, um, you know, e- even like tunnel screens or, you know, bubble screens. Nothing like that. You know, let's just go ahead and air the ball deep. Let's not utilize the middle because you never utilize the middle of the, of the damn field. I've gotten used to that. You know, it, it's 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 very peculiar to me. And I know Zach Hillian knows way more about football, way more about offense than I ever will in my life. But at some point, just sitting here, it's like, bro, that was obvious that it wasn't going to work. What made you think that this was going to work? You know, like, it's, it's very questionable, man. And I, uh, uh, as you can see, I'm a little frustrated about it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, at this point in the season, like, this is just who he is. This is just who we are as a team. And... Just that, uh, that's, that, that's, I know it's a long offense. way to answer your question, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's just kind of how I feel about it. No, I get you, man. I, I understand the frustration. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna really harp on it because I've been harping on it all season. Like, I, I don't know. We we definitely had talented players. It was to me, I think it's just been play calling the entire season and yeah. change a couple play calls throughout the season. We might be sitting at a different record right now because a yeah, lot of I games could be like, like at least four games. and four, like very you least know, four and four. Yeah, so they could definitely be – I mean, there was a lot of one-possession, you know, uh, scores. So, yeah, change a couple plays. So, Zach Kelly, he's um, – I don't know what to make of him, man. Like, uh, there's moments where I'm like, dude, yes, these play callings, these – like the first drive, which ironically was about 10 run plays, right, <laughs> the one that we actually scored. Um, so, there, there's moments like that where – Everyone was kind of getting involved with the ball, you know. We're kind of doing the the short short passes too, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, no, just handing off the ball to Taj Brooks, he got his yards. It was the end around to Dre McCray, he got his yards. I think Zay White got in there too, and everyone kind of touched the ball. It was kind of wild to see, and we scored a touchdown off of that. And I'm over here thinking, this is nice play calling. This is playing to everyone's strength and giving the ball to our playmakers, which is. Insane that we have so many guys who feel like they can, you know, hit the home run, right? Uh, Miles Price feels like he can take off for a, a home run play. Xavier White just had a home run play. Dre McCray, he's had a couple of them on special teams. Let's give him the ball in offense. Is that is that <laughs> so hard to do? I'm just I'm questioning it sometimes, man. Like I I understand that um that uh that we have a lot of wide receivers and and guys got to eat, but. Personally, if we, we shouldn't be relying on our six foot guys to be dead around guy to run the ball, you know what I mean? Coy, Coy, yeah. Coy nice guy, like him. I like his game. I don't think he's an end around receiver. Like, let's not hand him that that play. Let's give that to Dre. Let's give that to the Xavier White. You know, <laughs> let's give it to those guys before we give it to Coy Aiken. Yeah, he's nice as a deep. You know? you know what I mean? Guys that could, you know turn uh, uh, one move into 20 yards. But there's just moments like that where we we don't have to be the passing team. You know, we don't have to do that to win the game. And ultimately, that's what I want. I just want us to win the game. If we do it ugly, screw it. 
right? I'll take a defensive uh, run conservative game if it means we won the game. If we got to play like Iowa right now, I'm with it, bro. Like, let's do it. Like, (laughs) God damn at this point because we're on our third-string quarterback, and this guy's a gunslinger. He likes to take deep shots. We got to reel him back in, and that's on coaching, right? That's how I see that, right? Unless unless he's just completely ignoring – uh, Zach Kelly and Joey McGuire, and he's like, "Nah, I gotta, I gotta take these deep shots to, I guess, play hero ball." Um, nah, you gotta reel back the true freshman. You know, tell him like, it's okay to facilitate the ball. You could be a bit of a game manager during these moments of a game. You don't have to take the deep shot. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I feel uh, towards play calling because the kid is talented. You just gotta put him in the best position to succeed, and we just haven't for a lot of our players this season, and it's really sad. Because, um, yeah, I mean, it's coming down to some of these guys' you know, career in football, and it sucks to see. But here we are, guys. So can we salvage the season, or are we going to talk about development for next season? I guess this is the game to find out. <laughs> uh, would you like to carry on, Jenna? Yeah, let me just get into some of the more stats. I uh, already announced Jake Strong's stats. I gave Mm -hmm. Tosh Brooks' line. Uh, Receiving, you're receiving later. You had Xavier White through receptions for 98 yards uh, and a touchdown, along with 72 yards, 72-yard touchdown as well. Uh, Jordan Brown, one reception for 36 yards. Miles Price, two for 27 yards. Uh, Jerry McCray, three for 22 Uh, Jerron Bradley, three for 21. Tosh Brooks, three for 15. Uh, and the boy Quake in two receptions for four yards. Also had a rush for one rush for negative one yards. So he had a grand total of three all-purpose Woo. yards in this game. Hell yeah, guys. Uh, Baylor Cup also had a sighting, uh, one reception for seven yards. And uh, Luke Fungi, one reception for six yards as well in this game. Uh, fumbles, of course. Yeah, you know, you got Miles Price fumbling, Taj Brooks fumbling, Jake Strong. Uh <laughs> And, uh, you know, Jake Strong with the three picks. Um, yeah, this is not a um, – it was not a pretty game offensively, to, to say the least. And crazy part about it is your defense kept you in the game. This is still kind of a game, believe it or not, especially if you take away that defensive score that they had. I mean, it's, it's what, 20-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter? You're, it's a one-score game at that point, you know, but Insane. you can't hold on the ball. can't hold on the ball. Defensive leaders. Of course, the boy Ben Roberts, you know, 10 total tackles, five solo in this game. Bryce Ramirez, seven tackles, three solos. Dejon Taylor Demerson followed up with five tackles, three solo ones. CJ Baskerville, five tackles, uh, two solos, uh, one pass defended. Uh, Dejon Taylor Demerson also had a pass defended as well, too. Miles Cole, um, four total tackles. And Jalen Hutchings, four tackles. Steven Winton, four tackles, one solo. Uh, actually, I had a Pretty decent game, Steve Linton. Good job. Good job. We shall begin. We shall begin. I wonder, I wonder when he's going to spring. I'm curious. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you had a pretty good game defensively. Uh, once again, just the inability to force turnovers. I think that's something that just is, is going to come along, hopefully a little bit later on, but it's just not here right now. And that's one thing that you really want to see. And I think that would have helped your team gain is, uh, the, uh, is the ability to force turnovers. But you know, I'm not going to put that on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, in of itself, um, so yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of the uh, Jonah. What was time? Uh, what was the time of possession, my guy? Can you tell me? That um, one? I think we dominated time of possession. Actually, yeah, we had a uh, yeah, we had thirty minutes and fifty five seconds to their twenty nine minutes and five seconds. So we had the ball a little time bit longer of, than they did. 
we just couldn't score, man. That's it's insane. We yeah, I mean, it, it really. Uh, and, hats, uh, hats off to BYU, though, man. Like, um, yeah, yeah hats off BYU. They, they played a really good game. They did. They did. Uh, yeah, they had yeah. uh, some good performers, and um, they they did just enough because I really don't feel like they dominated us by any means. No, like, I mean we we like um, said, we had more yard we had more total yards. We had three eighty nine to their two seventy seven, two thirty six through the air, and one fifty three on the ground. So we outpassed and outrushed them. You know, wild measures, but it's really just that, it's, it's really just the turnovers. The that turnovers, point. right? Yeah, sucks, man. Sucks. Point of emphasis, I get it, but it's just it's just how the turnovers happen. Yeah, we had you know, 19 first downs to their 12. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like all the big, you know, stat lines that you look at, the the, the comparisons that you look at, we we basically won. <laughs> we basically won. We had the advantage. You know, I mentioned they went four for 14 on third down. Uh, we were nine for 18, so we're 50 percent on third down. It's actually not bad for Pretty how. Good. Uh, that's for uh, how that's probably our best year. mark. To be honest uh, with you, that uh, I can remember. Fourth What's down that efficiency there? with three for five on fourth down, not bad. Um, you know, obviously the uh, fourth downs we didn't convert on really hurt us, but you know, not bad once again. And uh, yeah, I mean, like really everything. Penalty is one we got hurt on a lot, though, and the turnover there margin was one we got hurt on a lot. I said on last week's podcast that turnover margin is something we're going to need to win. And I also said. That we're gonna need to be energized. We're gonna need to be energized team. I was at this game. I was looking at the sideline, flat, just absolutely I was gonna flat, say, flatter than West did Texas. Did we look? At, did we look you know? energized? Because we certainly no. did it on TV. I can yeah. tell you that, buddy. Definitely did not look energized in this one. But yeah, you know that's uh, it's kind of all I want to harp on as far as the game is concerned. Um, the other thing that I unfortunately have to talk about is Spitgate, which I think is just stupid, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I really? mean, <laughs> so we, we have this call here. Now, I was in the I was in the stands for this game, so obviously I didn't see the replay of it. I'm thinking like, oh my god, why would you do that? Like, why would you shoot yourself in the foot and get get an ejection from the game? You know, which by the way, I didn't even know that speaking the player's face caused an ejection. I didn't know that warranted ejection. So that's something I learned. You know, I thought it was just like okay, unsportsmanlike penalty. You know, 15 yards. Whatever, whatever, right? It's like your first one of the game. I didn't know I didn't want you in the jack. I didn't know Jenna, I didn't know that you could just go up to the ref and they just believe you straight up. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> exactly yeah, that's and that's exactly so what whatever. the uh what essentially their defensive end, uh Tyler Batty did. Um you know, like the uh, watching that play in particular. Now, there was a different camera angle on a different play that surfaced earlier today where it did show Jaden York kind of spitting in another player's direction. Didn't necessarily spit on him, but spit in the player's direction. And <laughs> it was weird because that's not the play it was called on, though. You know, it was the extra point or, yeah, it was the extra point that you had that Tyler yeah. Batty just ended up uh, getting into Jaden York's face. Um, the ref's back was turned to them, and uh, basically he gets out of his face. He kind of initiated it, you know, taps the ref on the shoulder and says like, "Hey, he just spit in my face" or something like that. They end up calling, throwing the flag. Didn't see it at all, but they throw the flag, and he gets ejected for it. You know, like that's that 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 blows my mind. And then you see the camera angle of him going to the sideline and just kind of, you know, yuck it up with his friends. Like, Hey, I got that dude tossed from the game, you know? And that's like, look, 
if if it were thrown on the if the flag were thrown on the play that actually happened where like he did spin because I'm not, I'm not gonna lie like the the new camera angle the new video of it showed it happening on a different play though it was not the play that it was called on though and that's where I kind of like I'm John like yo what the fuck you know and I'm also but you could flip it to like why the fuck is this guy spinning in the first place you know and then after the game he proceeds to go to the and in his post game presser says that Caleb Rogers, uh, which he's referred to as 76, but we know it's Caleb Rogers, said he spit in his face after the game was over. Uh, which is just, you know, we, we don't have any camera angles, we don't have any proof of that at all either. So now I just feel like, oh, he's just, he's just an instigator. He's just kind of, kind of making stuff up. That one we have absolutely no proof of, no proof on. Yeah. But he just wanted to say it after the game to make himself feel better. I don't know. Like It's like, bro, why, why, why would you even bring that up? It's like, just... You know, take the dub and go home. Focus on Texas. You got you got Texas this week. You know, <laughs> like yeah. why, why why even like why even care at that point? You got the win, move on. You know, and that's kind of like where I'm at. Like, hey, look, you know, and of course, all this kind of blew up on blew up on Twitter. You know, McGuire was asked about it, um, and it's just kind of gone from there. BYU fans and Tech fans kind of going at each other here. Uh, with everything about it, you know, talking shit, you know, people saying tech fans are trash, you know, all that yada yada bullshit, 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 you know, and yeah, there there are some toxic tech fans out there. You won't hear me deny that. There are also some toxic BYU fans out there. So let's not go and deny that. I've been friends with a lot of BYU fans. I will never say anything bad about BYU fans. I've actually had nothing but positive interactions with them, even at the game and even through this whole spitgate fiasco, which is stupid. Um, I mean, ultimately, it didn't resolve so, into any yeah. anything in the game, right? Like, we still took the L. It's, it's just move on, bro. It yeah, that's what it is. I'm kind of saying. It's like, yeah, I won't deny that, you know, Jaden York did. We do have spit some toxic player, fans, but it was I not a play that was called. Like, I, I, I didn't know that you could just, you know, tap the ref on the shoulder, and say, "Hey, that guy did it again." That one's kind of wild though. because, like, he, like on the play in question that he was called on. You know, like you don't see anything happen there. Like you don't see a reaction from the player. You don't see uh, Jaden York's head move forward. Uh, typically, you would either like wipe it off, like flinch at it at first, and then maybe like either you know punch somebody in the face, do whatever. You would have a reaction about it. Like he was heading off to the sideline, and he turned around right quick, and then just tapped off on the shoulder and said like, "Hey, look, he did that to me." <laughs> and that's like kind of bullshit. I, I I don't think either it's, side it's is in cool. the right here. Like, I don't cool. think either side is whatever. Right here, but <laughs> you know, like, hey, Tech, maybe point, stop man. spitting on players, and BYU, maybe stop instigating. You know, <laughs> maybe stop lying about certain shit, <laughs> right? So let's just take what it is, learn from it, move on, and go on to next week's game. So, I, I, is it is it the new is is it the spark of a new rivalry? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, crazy. I, I don't think it is. Imagine next season. That's that's all the talk. <laughs> Round two, baby. What's good? <laughs> I'll have to play us in uh, Lubbock no, next but... year if we do schedule them. I don't know how the schedule is going to come out, but you know that'll be a that'll be an interesting one if they do come to Lubbock. So it'd be it'd be nice. But uh, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to harp about. You'll never hear me talk about it on this podcast. I'm done with that. <laughs> cool, cool. So should we go to um, you know some uh, some standouts because we can't give a game ball. So let's just go to some standouts, man. Who was your standout player of the game? Gotta go with the boy uh, Rabbit is what they keep calling him. Rabbit? I don't know okay. how. 
good old Taylor Demerson, man. He's uh, you know what? I he gets to stand out solely because he's been really nice the entire season. And you know what? If there's a if I'm gonna give a standout performer on defense, that's gonna be the player I'm gonna go with because um, I think uh, he leads the Big Twelve in solo tackles. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm not, then oh well, he should. He is that guy. He's Maybe everywhere for DBs, on the field, maybe, guys. Yeah. Maybe for DBs, yeah. Uh, I don't remember where I heard the stat, but I think I heard the announcer talking about it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to go with Robert Taylor Damison. You know, it's going to suck to not have him next year, but he's doing <laughs> he's doing pretty good for us this year. So, yeah. yeah, I'm going with him as a defensive performer. Who do you got on defense, Jonah? Because I swear to God, if you pick an offensive player. Well, actually, I'm going to pick an offensive player. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yes, and that's actually going to be Xavier White. You know, three receptions, 98 yards, a touchdown, a 72-yard reception as well. So he's going to be my standout player of the week. Um, you know, Unfortunately, can't give him a game ball because don't give a game ball during losses. But, you know, I thought he uh, really, really showed up this week. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's going to be my standout player of the week. I just really hope that offensively moving forward, we can see the rest of the team really try to help out the quarterback, you know, try to help out Jake Strong a little bit. Because that's one thing that, that's a, I say one thing. I've said one thing like three times now. Uh, that's another thing uh, that kind of <laughs> like, like it kind of like irked me about this game was nobody else was kind of stepping up. You know, I I saw like when Jake Strong threw his third interception of the game, uh, which was supposed to be towards Duran Bradley, underthrew him, got picked off. Duran Bradley didn't even try to go back and make a play. He's just like running straight ahead. He had already given up on the play. You know. And so he was like, bro, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> you could tell. Like he was just like, bro, I'm I'm done with this one, man. Um, which, you know, can't really blame him. I mean, like the game was out of hand at that point. So, you know. As it, it, it is what it is. But yeah. Xavier, Xavier White gets my standout of the week. And as far as uh where do we go from here? Um, well, uh, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. Yeah, it's only at one game at a time, and that's that's really the only thing I got on my mind now. Let's just see who uh, balls out the rest of the season. Look, yeah. if we make a bowl game, that's crazy, honestly. Oh yeah, honestly, Definitely an uphill battle, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, for one hundred percent. So it's not if that happens, cool, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, it's just one game at a time, and let's see if these guys can ball out. Really, I mean that that should be the mentality now going forward. I mean the season's already pretty much a. A dud, right? One more loss just solidifies it. So, man, just go out and play loose at this point. Just go ball <laughs> out. That's really the only thing I could. Yeah, you know, play to, for right? play for pride moving forward. Play well, for obviously, pride. obviously, right? But like to tell y'all to say that I'm convinced that Zach Kelly's gonna get his play calling. He's gonna get his shit together. Yeah, no, I can't tell you that. I'm, I'm convinced. I can't say it. I can't. It's take. <laughs> I guess maybe. It's taking what three games for each quarterback to get decent, I, you know, with the offense. So maybe this third game with Jake Strong, we finally figure it out. Maybe well, Barrymore will be guys. back for uh, for uh, TCU along with uh, Jacob Rodriguez. Those guys will be back so that's next good week news. for TCU, good which is going to be on a Thursday because we so, don't have a game so this go. week. Look at that, man. Okay, already, already bear news. We got the better quarterback. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God, man. Yeah, he needs to take a step back and just reevaluate his game. But um, if Baron's back, then cool, even better. So, uh, yeah, just play yeah. loose, play fast, you know. Uh, and uh, let's see, let's see how the season progresses. Now, just one game at a time. I mean, 
I'm not even going to bother looking ahead of the, the schedule. Right now, the Big 12 looks like a complete mess outside of the, the top four right now. And somehow OSU is coming out of nowhere to rally right now. So Yeah, they, they really have. Right? They've uh... – They've kind of turned around there. They've, uh, that's what I'm saying. So why why not Tech? Why can't we? Why, let's, uh, let's because we're Texas the... Tech. That's why. That's why. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're just <laughs> you forever... that, man? <laughs> I guess so, man. We're just forever meant to be in between 7 and 11, right? I guess so. Always open, but never open. God. <laughs> <sighs> um. Yeah, so I think that's going to kind of wrap up this uh, the talk for this game. Uh, obviously going into a bye week, so uh, we won't really have anything to talk about until we uh, see TCU. But you know, kind of looking ahead to TCU, they're they're looking pretty decent. That is a night game in Lubbock at the Jones Thursday night. You know, last time we played on Thursday, we had a really good really good outing against Kansas. But uh, you know, I like that that one's really really iffy to me. That one makes me really nervous playing TCU. Of course, looking ahead to that, you got a. Uh, you got Kansas after that, and you got UCF, and you got Texas. So Texas, I know, is going to be lost. You're not technically out of getting a bowl game yet. Uh, I mean, but you do have to win the next three essentially, because I, I, as much as it pains me to say, I just don't think you're going to be Texas, man. I, I just don't think you are. <laughs> you never know. As you of never right know, now, Texas, and nothing would make me happier man, than to, that's kind than of, to see them, but. I, I mean that's what that's what's derailed our season, right? Is injuries. So you never know. That could happen to Texas later in the season. God forbid, right? The Longhorns. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Longhorns still. suck, right? But whatever. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm still gonna root for my team, right? That of course we are. Of course yeah. we are. So we gotta tune but, in every uh, week, but you know, it's not to say like, hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be easy to do so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I'm saying one game at a time, baby. That's all one game at a time. Let's just, I hope you come out firing all cylinders, TC. I hope this bye week gave you enough time to uh, recenter, get focused, and, you know, take a break, give you a little breather that we're able to just, you know, go in these next four games, this last uh, last third of the schedule, and take care of business. I, I really hope that you can do that. And if you can do that, I think you can get to bowl eligibility. I mean, that'd be a wonderful turnaround. If you can just start off three and five, and then you win your last four, you know, that'd be crazy. And that's what I'm rooting I mean, that's for what every we're, single week. That's, that's what I'm rooting for. I mean, that's essentially what you're not, we did uh, last you're season, not mathematically man. out of it, but you know, it's, 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 it's do or die time now. It really is. Yeah, it is. There's really no, um, it's a make or break game every week. So take every week seriously. Not that you weren't before, but I guess maybe you will now. I don't know, <laughs> man. I'm a tech fan where I think uh, we're going to win every game of the season until we're, you know, just in the thick of it. And I'm reminded why I'm a tech fan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it typically happens to tech fans anyways. But yeah, yeah. We got the bye week. So we can't lose maybe. this week. <laughs> maybe the can't lose changes. this week. Can't yeah, we can't week, lose yeah. this week. Um, but you know who mm-hmm. can lose this week? Other Big 12 members. So let's go, baby. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> uh, before we get uh, move on to the show, because uh, we don't have an opponent this week, we're going as idle. You know, uh, we've beaten them every year, uh, every single year. So, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident about, it, about our chance against idle. Um, but because of that, you know, we're going to take a little, uh, little breather from Texas Tech football at the moment and do a little preview of Texas Tech basketball and the way we're going to do that is uh, just by having a conversation with our guy over from the Tailgate Talks podcast another Texas Tech sports podcast I had an interview a discussion with Brooks from there Uh, he is um, just you know an absolute 
very well-spoken individual, uh, loves Texas Tech basketball, knows the history of it. I mean, yeah, we, we had a very, very great and insightful conversation, and I, I hope that uh, I hope that gets you fired up, man. I hope that uh, this conversation really does get you fired up because it, it got me fired up just uh, just uh, listening to him talk about Tech basketball and the guys that we have in this season, you know, uh, uh, what to look forward to. I mean, it was, it was a wonderful conversation. So here is my discussion with Brooks from the Tailgate Talks podcast. All right, so let's get this one underway. I'm joined here today by Brooks of the Tailgate Talks podcast, a fellow Texas Tech sports podcast who is here today to talk to us about some Red Raider hoops as the season tips off here in just under two weeks, I believe. Uh, We have a lot to be excited about this year. I think this is also a good opportunity for us to take a much needed break from Texas Tech football at the moment. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, he's going to help us preview this team and this season. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Brooks, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing good. Yeah. Like you said, a much needed look away from kind of the disaster that this football season has been. And like tech fans like to do once a, a season kind of becomes a struggle, we look to the next sport for hope. <laughs> and so basketball is that next sport up uh, for us to to shift our hope to. And so, yeah, looking forward to diving into this team as tip off is less than two weeks away. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, get this one started. Uh, start off with, an, you know, obviously yeah, the new head coach of Texas Tech with Grant McCaslin was kind of the worst kept secret, but, you know, ended yeah. up uh, becoming the, uh, the new Red Raiders men's basketball coach coming over from North Texas, a man who has seemingly won everywhere he's been, uh, went to 135 and 65 in North Texas, which included three conference championships, uh, 352 and 121 overall, which is a 70, 74% win percentage uh, that dates back to his time uh, also at Arkansas state for the year and then his time in the, in the du2 and the juco ranks in midwestern state and midland college uh guys done pretty fairly decent job on yeah. the recruiting trail as well thus far um for texas tech what is what was your initial reaction uh when he became the new head coach in late march and uh what are your thoughts on the staff that he's assembled yeah i think my reaction i didn't have any like sort of large reaction like you said mccaslin was kind of the name that everybody had circled and kind of figured was going to be the coach. There were some splashier names out there. Remember Rick Patino's name, Jerome Tang was kind of a guy that was turning around, but I felt like it was the safe hire. I, I think like when you go through his history there, his stats, like this is a guy who's won everywhere he's been. And when you're looking at a coach, you want to bring from the power five, like the non-power five, a mid-major up to the power five level. You want a coach who's shown that he can consistently win and three conference championships at UNT. Uh, they did have a tournament, a tournament win over Purdue, which you know a lot of mid majors get tournament wins over Purdue, but it's still uh, a promising there. And then of course winning the NIT uh, tournament last year, like he has the track record that you want from a guy who's making that jump up. And so uh, while it wasn't the splashy hire, or everything like that, I definitely thought it was the right hire for us. We needed a guy who can can coach a basketball team. Uh, has an identity, has a defensive identity, but also when you hire a head coach nowadays, it's the staff that he puts together that's almost as important as the head man itself. And every step he's taken since getting hired, I've really, really enjoyed. I, I think he's made some really smart uh, assistant coach hires. I really like Dave Smart. Um, what a uh, uh, the Canadian Coach K, I've heard him be called. There was a <laughs> podcast that went on and said this might have been the one of the best college basketball hires of all time. Like there's 
a lot of high praise for Dave Smart. So interested to see what he brings to McCaslin and the staff. And then uh, Kellen Buffington, the, our, our new GM role. I'm, yeah. I'm very intrigued by that hire as well. And then, of course, bringing on two assistants, assistants he had at UNT. I think he's put together a really good staff. I think, like you said, he's recruited well, put together a really good roster for you to compete year one. And so uh, the hire was nice, but everything he's done since then, I think, tracks well for a coach who's trying to build a program. And so I'm respecting what he's done so far. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you touched on this one uh, just a little bit. I guess we'll go ahead and get into that one as well, too. Uh, so we did lose, you know, several key playmakers from yeah. last year's team. Uh, a couple of graduated out, but a lot of them did transfer. You know, uh, Kevin O'Banner, David Harmon, those guys graduated out. But the transfers you have, you know, in Elijah Fisher, Jalen Tyson, Daniel Bacho, Fardos Amac, KJ Allen, all those guys are now gone. They have found greener pastures. Um, however, you have gained quite a bit and gained quite a few playmakers, primarily from the portal and uh, and yep. out of high school as well. You know, Drew Steffi and uh, Amelia Yalaho. Um, but who are you most excited to see and how do you think they're going to adjust to uh, McCaslin's style of play? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of players to be excited about on this one because of some of our other questions. I'm going to focus this one on the three seniors coming in. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see Warren Washington, uh, his size. Uh, I feel like we've lacked that uh, anchor on the defense, that rim protector. You know, we had it for Bacho for a little bit last season. Then he got sick and hurt and his kind of career here at Texas Tech changed after that. Um, and so can he be that key on the defense that, uh, is a a huge factor for you and anchor that defense. And so I'm really excited to what, see what he can bring. I think he fits well with McCaslin and what he's wanting to do defensively. I'm really excited about that. I'm also intrigued what he can bring offensively uh, to have a seven-footer who can run some pick and rolls. Uh, if you watch Tech's Tech Twitter on basketball, there's lots of lobs to Warren Washington, lots of putbacks from him. And so he's a very intriguing player. Uh, I'm curious to see how he looks uh, with you know some uh, some more uh, emphasis on on him and what he's going to be for the defense and offense. Devin Cambridge, his teammate uh, there at Arizona State, who's transferring over. I'm interested to see what he can be. Uh, I like that they they have that chemistry of playing together too. That's nice additions to have guys who are uh, familiar with each other's game and kind of how they can uh, use their experiences. They made a tournament last year. How they can use that to help uh, teach some of our younger guys. Uh, he seems like a really athletic type of player who I really don't know what to expect from him just yet. But uh, if you also watch Tech Twitter, you see a lot of dunks from him uh, in practice. Uh, he seems like a really versatile guy who can maybe guard one through five if you need to. Um, seems like he's going to be big physical presence for you. He put up a lot of numbers at Arizona State, scoring and rebounding, had a lot of double-doubles. That's stuff that you like to see. That's stuff that's going to transfer over to, to Grant McCaslin's style and what he's wanting to do. And so I'm really excited about those two guys. And then the last senior uh, transfer that you picked up, Joe Toussaint, I'll throw him out here as well. This is a guy who's played in the Big 12. He knows what it's like to go through uh, the day-to-day -day of a Big 12 conference play where every ga game you have to step up and you, there's no nights off. And so having that experience coming over uh, the guard play from Bob Huggins, who, you know, no longer is coaching, um, but still a, a tough coach to play for who teaches you defense and, and some of that. And so he's going to bring a lot of experience over. He's also played at Iowa. So uh, there's a lot of experience from these three guys that you're bringing that are going to be veterans for you that are going to teach some of these younger guys 
and, and really be leaders for this team. And so I think that's a good trio uh, of senior players to to have for McCaslin in this first year. Absolutely, especially with the uh, the young guys that you have, currently yeah. roster guys who stayed, and uh, even the guys coming. In, I feel like that's going to be a real key importance uh, moving forward for this team for the uh, the success that we can uh, hopefully yeah. hopefully have and uh, accumulate. And again, they all made they all made the NCAA tournament last year. Like Doe Toussaint was on the West Virginia team that made the tournament. Cambridge, Washington, were on an Arizona State team that made the tournament. So that, those are guys who have that experience. You want guys who have played like that in the postseason, yeah. and McCaslin made an emphasis on that. Uh, when talking about guys he's recruiting, he wants guys who's made the tournament. And so you bring in three guys who who have that experience uh, in that senior leadership. So that's that's a huge win for me. Yeah. And you feel like because uh, winning is one of those things very infectious. You know, it uh, is. Graham McCaslin, he's, he's won everywhere he's been. He's recruited guys who have won where they have been. And so you kind of have that winning mindset going into the locker room. And I feel like that can... Uh, definitely translate onto the court and it's going to translate from uh, day in to day out. And I'm really, really excited to see that. Very, very excited to see that. And 100%. And one to... other thing I want to want to touch on is one of the things I got a huge respect for McCasland was when he took over is he's like, I'm making the decisions, not the NIL. And that was really important to me is I have a coach who picks his players. And yeah. so like these guys were specifically scouted and picked out by McCasland for his staff. Like I think last year we all had know we had the talent, but as the NIL who was picking the players and sometimes that doesn't mesh. You need a coach who puts his foot down and be like, no, I'm getting this guy, this guy, this guy, because they fit what I want to do. And you could clearly see that in his recruiting process. And it, it started with these three guys, you know, and then of course some other names that we'll get into. <laughs> Yes, and uh, as mentioned, one of the other names we're going to get into here, uh, Pop Isaacs, man. This dude was just yeah. really one of the fan base last season. He was yep. largely okay. responsible for the success that we did have on the court, although we didn't have much of it. Yeah. Um, but the amount of success we did have was in large part due to him. You know, uh, really going to take over his next year. Decided to stay even with the coaching change, which you don't see that very often. So mm-hmm. you do have to kind of commend that, uh, commend him for that, his, his decision to stay and uh, want to be great in a Red Raider uniform. Um, but uh, what parts of his game are you kind of hoping to see elevated as we get into this next year? Yeah, with Pop staying, that's a recruiting win too. Um, you yes. know, nowadays <laughs> where every season, every player is seems like they're transferring out to be able to retain him for another year. That's a huge win. Might be your biggest win <laughs> of the offseason. Um, yeah, Pop Isaac's fan favorite, uh, one of the best shooters that we've had at Texas Tech already as a freshman. You could just see it from the get-go. For me, what I'm watching from year one to year two and of Pop Isaac's is can he become a three-level scorer? Uh, he was very good from three-point land. He had a couple games where he would get to the basket, but it wasn't very consistent. I want to see him score at all three levels, and that will really change how defenders have to guard him because you can't just sell out on the three-pointer. He can take it to the rack. We see the potential last year every now and then, um, but I'm really wanting to see him be more consistent and a threat at every single level. And sure, if he's just going to be good for three-point from the three-point line, that's still going to be really good for you. But if he can get to the mid-range uh, get some baskets there, get to the rim. That just creates a lot of havoc for the defense because they're having to crash down on him. That creates open lanes for Warren Washington, Devin Cambridge, uh, other players on this team to crash the basket. And there goes easy assists, easy dunks, easy kickouts for threes. And so if he can become a more versatile playmaker for this team, score at all three levels, and then limit the turnovers, that's the other kind of part of his game. He struggled at the start of the year, turning the ball over. He got better as the season went on. If he can continue on that path, limit the turnovers, 
create plays as a playmaker, score at all three levels. I think he has a chance to be an all-conference type guard. And if he does that, then that raises the ceiling for this team. If he's able to make a huge leap from year one to year two, uh, this team's going to be a lot better than I think a lot of us kind of assume we're going to be. But it, a lot of that re- relies on Pop, and and I think we all have those expectations for him because we saw – what he could do as a freshman. And now you just think with all that experience, a whole other year under his belt, like what he can be. It's really exciting. Definitely, man. Definitely. He was really that spark on the offense last oh, year. Yeah. When, when you need him to come up big, he was able to, you know, sink some, uh, some really, uh, really hard balls that were, you know, oh, kind of yeah. like, ah, it looks offline, but like, no, it just, you know, just, Go in like it was. It was kind of crazy to see us sometimes. It was like one hundred percent. Something live for the kid. moment. Like he he showed up in the moment. Like he wasn't scared yeah. of the opportunities that were given to him as a freshman, which is is pretty tough, you know. <laughs> yeah, and one of the uh, kind of more, uh, I wouldn't say it's like a devastating loss, but the the game in Austin last year against UT, uh, a yeah. game where he really came up big in, and you know, I mean, Texas was like, a, I think they were like a seven, eight point favorite against us mm-hmm. uh, going into that game, and they they, they were ranked, we weren't, um, and they barely won, and Pop Isaac stepped up in that moment, oh, you yeah. know, like he was not afraid of the crowd, the intimidation, the noise, nothing, he blocked all that out, and he was just going out there and having himself a ball game, man, so that would, that's what really, I like, think, I'm expecting to see, especially when we go on these uh, tough road environments yeah. uh, this next season um, to these, um, you know, so, some newer schools and some places that you have been before. Either way, I mean, there, there are no, like you said, there's no off nights in the Big 12. So I'm really excited yeah. to see like how not just him, but the rest of the team kind of handles that uh, now having that extra year of experience and uh, the experience that they've, uh, the, the uh, other players coming in have, have yeah, gained uh, along the way. I think um, like, that's another reason I like Joe Toussaint uh, being added to this team is like another a vet guy that that Pop can lean on, uh, who has some experience, who can kind of maybe take some of the pressure off of Pop. But yeah, what I love about Pop is that it's very rare that you have players that can just rise to the moments. And he was able to do that as a freshman. He's going to probably be able to do that the rest of his basketball career. It's very rare that you find that. And so it's exciting to have a kid like that uh, on this team and who wants to be good and wants to get better and wants to win here at Texas Tech. Yeah, you'd love to see it, man. you love to see it, especially as a fan. we definitely love oh, yeah. to see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a lot of bright moments last season, but it was definitely <laughs> fun watching that kid play. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, obviously, breakout player last year easily became the fan favorite. In your opinion, who do you think is next in line for a potential breakout season this year? A guy yeah. that maybe uh, maybe was kind of flying a little bit under the radar on this roster that we should uh, maybe maybe keep our eye on out? And it, it can be, you know, multiple players, not to be somebody in particular, but who, who would you say is someone that we need to keep our eye on? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to narrow it down to one player because I think I've, I've got four names that I'm kind of looking at here. I'll start with two transfers in. I'll start off with Darian Williams. The Nevada transfer uh, came in one freshman of the year in the Mountain Western Conference last year. Averaged seven points, seven rebounds, two assists, one still a do-it-all kind of player uh, who was also on a team in Nevada that made it to the NCAA tournament. Again, tournament experience that McCaslin has preached. Uh, and he just comes in, I think, as like, probably your biggest X factor here because he's another guy like pop who had a really good freshman year. What kind of leap does he make from year one to year two? What kind of leap does he make now playing against better competition uh, day in, day out? Uh, how does he build? He seems like a guy who's fits McCaslin's style, like perfectly, like he's going to be a defensive problem. I think like he's going to be a guy who can guard multiple positions, which is something that you really, really want in this kind of no middle defense that uh, Graham McCaslin is still going to run. 
Uh, I think he's got it tweaked a little bit differently, but this is a guy who's going to guard one, two, three, four, probably not fives, but he's going to be a guy who uh, is switchable on defense. Love to see that. And then offensively, he's a guy who uh, can get buckets if he needs to, can create for other players. And then also as a rebounding guy, it's really important. I've always like one of the things I like most about Luka Doncic in his play is that he can go get a rebound, immediately turn up the court, and now you're in the offense and in a fast break. I love players like that that can grab a rebound and then you're immediately in an offense. And I think that's kind of a player he can be where he can go get you seven, eight boards. And then he's getting that board, he's turning around, and then you're immediately on the fast break and putting the defense at a disadvantage. And so I really like Darian Williams from Nevada. Chance McMillian, the other guy, the other transfer that I'm looking at. I have him kind of circled as my Adonis Arms guy. I'm here wearing my Adonis Arms <laughs> uh, shirt. Nice. Uh, coming from a, a, a smaller mid-major school. Another team that made it to the NCAA tournament last year. He had 16 points against Gonzaga. So he was a guy who rose to the moment when they played in the NCAA tournament. Scored 16 points against a very good Gonzaga team. And comes in averaging 10.9 points, 2.2 assists, 44% from three. That's the key number there. Wow. And then also led the team in steals with 26 last year. So this is a guy who is going to also play really good defense, going to uh, cause some turnovers, uh, get you into fast breaks. And then that three-point percentage is something you're going to need. You're going to need guys who can shoot threes. It can't just be pop. And there was a Twitter video the other day of pop and, and chance going back and forth, just draining three after three after three. These two, uh, these two guys might be your best shooters. And so if he's able to step up and shoot at a 40% clip from three, that's really going to help the offense uh, flow a little bit better, space the floor out, uh, relieve some of the pressure on pop and some of these other players. And so uh, those are two transfers that I have as X factor players. My other two, I'll go with guys who have been on the roster. I'll go with Lamar Washington, a guy that we saw a lot of potential from last season. I don't think it ever really clicked for him offensively. Um, we saw him kind of struggle to shoot the ball. Uh, you could see he has the ability to get through the rim, and that's what was promising about his game. I think he's going to build on that, uh, become a better all-around offensive player. But where you really saw his potential shine was on the defensive side of the ball. He was uh, a huge factor in that Iowa State comeback. He was a huge factor in that Kansas State game uh, that you upset them at home last year. I think he takes a step forward, and he's going to be just a menace on defense, I think. He's going to be a potential all-defensive, all-conference defensive player for you. And then whatever leap he makes offensively is just going to be pretty nice. Like I, I don't think you need to rely on him offensively, but if he becomes a pretty solid two-way player for you, you'll take that. And then Kyron Lindsay. I'll throw his name out there because he might be the biggest X factor because we nobody really knows because he's only played like 10 college games. So we don't have a whole lot to go off of. And of course, he's been here for a year now, um, but we I don't really know what to expect from him. But you look at a six, eight frame, the possibility is of going small ball with him. Uh, that's really intriguing to me. Um, what kind of versatility he brings defensively? Is he kind of a big guy that you can throw on guards and he can stay in front of them and cause them? problems and can't shoot over him because of his size uh, that's intriguing and then offensively I, I don't really know much about his game but you know he started eight of those 10 games at Georgia so he knows he's a pretty good caliber player if you can start in the SEC as a freshman and so I'm I'm really curious to see what he looks like in a Red Raider uniform and how he's developed over his you know year worth of sitting out so those are kind of all my x-factor guys I, I just think there's a lot of guys who can really rise up. And then if at the end of the season, you're looking like, Hey, we're much better than we thought. There's probably several guys who took a leap that, that made that happen for you. 
Absolutely, man. And the guys you just named off, man, you talk about their game, their play style and everything they bring to the table. I mean, hell, man, you just got me fired up, dude. Like, I'm, I'm excited yeah. about this team. I mean, like November 8th can't get here soon enough, man. Like that, that just forward. got me pretty pumped. <laughs> if you ever want somebody to get you pumped for tech basketball, man, Brooks is your guy, man. Brooks is definitely your guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just just like everything you said, I mean, uh, kind of going back to Kyron Lindsay, he was a guy I think is lowly flying under the radar very yeah. much for Texas Tech. He was a four-star guy, as you mentioned, transferred from Georgia. Um, I feel like he, you know, brings a lot of size, a lot of uh, you know, versatility on the defensive side. I mean, we'll, we'll see how he how he plays this year, but I think he's uh, he's kind of been one of my guys to keep keep an eye out for because I feel like he's, yeah. we haven't talked about him much this year. You know, we've yeah, it's easy to kind of forget because he was yeah. on the roster. He didn't play, and so it's easy yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, Pop and Lamar and Robert Jennings, and he's another guy you could throw in there too. Um, but it's easy to forget that Chiron was here uh, and he stayed through the coaching change and everything. And so, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. And he, I think he's like your second tallest guy coming into the season. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's I think very, it's, it's, yeah, him and uh, Warren Washington are the two yeah. tallest guys. So, um, but I mean, outside of that, though, you got guys, you know, six, 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 seven, kind of that, you know, can, you know, mm-hmm. kind of similar to what Adams had in his first year here. We have guys are, you know, six, five to six, eight, just across the board. You know, it's kind of hard to you know, get around this guys play really great defense. We saw, you know, in, yeah. in year one underneath him. Um, so I feel like you kind of have a similarity with that. You know, obviously you got some smaller guys in like, you know, pop and Joe Toussaint, but you know, those guys can be electric too, you know, especially from, uh, from beyond the arc. So really, uh, really excited yeah. to see his team play, man. I'm really, I'm really excited to see how it meshes all together. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for him. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, one, I, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is like, I, I think McCaslin uh, is going to actually like really tinker with the roster and the lineups and stuff like that. I thought like in the past, Adams had some opportunities to kind of throw some small ball lineups out there and he never really did it. It was always like, we got to have two bigs on the floor. Um, I, I think McCaslin is kind of open to, using our athleticism as an advantage here. And so I, I think there's some definite opportunities to to try to use Kyron Lindsay as like a small ball five and really just push the pace and try to try to beat teams up and down the floor. And then I think there's opportunities that you can, you know, go go big with Warren Washington and Kyron Lindsay and, you know, and, and create mismatches in that way. So I'm really curious to just see this McCaslin uh, staff and how they coach this game and how they adapt and all of those things. Cause this is a very athletic roster. There's a lot of different things that you can do with it. You can go small, you can go big, um, you can go athletic. You can, you can slow the pace down if you need to, uh, you can, you know, have a sprint back and forth if you need to. So uh, very curious to actually see what he does with this. Cause I think there's lots of cool opportunities. Absolutely. And one thing I know about McCaslin, especially from watching the NIT run that they had towards the championship, is that he can at least really get a halftime adjustments too. Oh, yeah. Which was a problem underneath Adams' past season. Uh, just not, virtually had no halftime adjustments, didn't really change anything, wanted to stick to the original game plan, yeah. uh, which I, I understand because that's what you prepared for. That's what you know. But at the same time, like, you know, if it's not working, why are you trying to force this? You know, like, I mean, yeah. he, he just kept on trying to force this. Graham McCaslin's like, hey, look, everything that we practice we're gonna throw out the window we're gonna do something new we're gonna go in this next half the fresh mindset scores gonna be zero zero in our heads and we're gonna just um, yeah. go out there and play ball you know and that's gonna be refreshing what i really love yes <laughs> yes it's absolutely so to have like that. real also, halftime adjustments <laughs> oh yeah has that defensive adjustments offensive yes. adjustments like uh you know maybe if somebody throws a zone at us that we'll be able to to combat the zone and not just like immediately go into shell shock and look like a high school team that's never ran against the zone before 
Uh, maybe not so many substitutions too. <laughs> That's the one thing I've been thinking about is, you know, Adams yeah. love to sub in and sub out. And so it'll be nice to maybe see guys actually be able to get in the game and get rhythms and stuff. And so, yeah, you've got a lot of guys you can use and there's obviously going to be games where certain players have the advantage and are going to be the hot hand, but, uh, that's what you want is to have that depth and have multiple guys that you can use in different games in certain situations and, and, and let them have at it if they're, if they're going off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Feed the hot hand. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Always feed the hot hand. Uh, but kind of shifting gears a little bit, kind of looking at our schedule this season, got the, you know, four new teams uh, in the conference this year. Uh, you don't, you don't have a true round Robin, of course. Uh, right. You do, you do play a couple teams twice though. You get Texas twice, you get uh, Oklahoma state twice. Uh, UCF twice, Baylor twice, and TCU twice as well. Um, kind of interesting matchups. Uh, you do have mm-hmm. Kansas. You play them once at home, though. You get them at the USA. Um, and I believe uh, you got to play Houston, though, on the road in uh, in Houston. Yep. Uh, so I think that's kind of some really interesting uh, interesting ways the schedule kind of played out. I feel like that's a pretty pretty favorable schedule. Obviously, we know that in this conference, there really is no favorable schedules. Right. But, you know, I feel like with the the way the home and home kind of shook out with the teams we don't see twice, maybe playing a little bit more to our favor. Uh, which matchups are you most looking forward to seeing uh, this this next season? Yeah, I think there's a lot of really cool matchups for us this season. Obviously, I'm excited to play all the newcomers for the first time. Um, you know, I, I definitely think we're uh, better than three out of the four of them. Houston comes in, obviously, as as a team that's uh, looking to win the title in their first year. Um, they're going to be tough, especially having to go there. But, you know, I'm still I'm excited to have play BYU and uh, UCF will come to town and playing Cincinnati. So I'm excited for all of uh, those games. Of course, your home ones against Kansas, Texas, Baylor. Uh, those are always fun ones. Those are always, you know, lots of crowd energy. And uh, so excited for those ones. And then non-conference wise, you know, battle for Atlantis. Anytime you get to play in these really cool tournaments with a bunch of different teams, it's a really cool opportunity. Uh, and it's really your first opportunity to kind of really figure out what this team is because you're going up against Villanova, who's uh, one of the top teams in the country this year yeah. you're going to figure out quick uh, <laughs> what kind of squad you got you know uh and so that's a really cool tournament for me other teams in there you know if you happen to upset villanova in game one you got north carolina that's probably there uh, if you lose it's northern iowa but you also got michigan memphis arkansas stanford so that's always really good opportunities to stack up a couple important wins that can uh, help you get into the tournament at the end of the season and then of course you get to go to butler um, always love a good non-conference matchup between really good schools. And so going there and this, uh, uh, big East, big 12 challenge, that's going to be fun. And then Vanderbilt at a, at a mutual location in Fort Worth, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be fun too. So always like playing teams that you don't normally get to play that are at, at the power five level, uh, in basketball power six level, whatever you want to call it. Um, so excited for those opportunities. And then, yeah, big 12 conference is always fun, man. It's a, it's a, so week night, uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever night you're playing, you know it's going to be a battle. Every Saturday, you know it's going to be a battle. And so looking forward to to seeing how we navigate this schedule. And like you said, we don't have to go to Kansas once. Kansas and Kansas State come to Lubbock like yeah. that. <laughs> um, you know, you go to Iowa State, which is always a tough place to play. You go to Houston, that's tough. But uh, I think it definitely broke in the right way for you. And so I think it's a, nav- a, a schedule you can navigate. Yeah, absolutely. It broke the right way for you. Now you just got to go out and do your job. You got to win games. Yeah. You got to win these games. Uh, hopefully we can get another undefeated season at the, the USA. That'd be nice. 
that'd be, that'd be really that nice you know yeah, and then uh yeah. you know like you mentioned uh game against vanderbilt out there in fort worth which i'm thinking about going to you know it's not a far road trip for me at least yeah so uh you know think about going there for that one uh at baylor maybe i mean i, I always make it a, make it a goal of mine to go to at least one tech basketball game in person as i do live out here in austin uh yeah. so i always try to make at least you know one football game one basketball game one baseball game every year so uh we'll see how that kind of shakes out this season but yeah like yeah. you said I'm, I'm really excited for uh for the season for the opponents that we play uh to see what we're truly made of because I, I i always really like that because you find out like okay what this team really has early on in the season you know it's yeah. not it's not a surprise later down later on yep. down the year it's, exactly you know you yeah. get it up front you know and it definitely does a good job preparing you for this gauntlet that we're gonna see yeah in uh in big 12 basketball that, that yeah, you find out real quick year. oh yeah. find out real quick against villanova <laughs> yeah. it's like all right if you go in and, and you have a game where they just kind of blow you out you figure out some things you need to work on and then hey yeah. if you're close you, you feel a lot better about yourself and so that's that's going to be a, a good early season test uh, yeah. Right around Thanksgiving too, so you know, yeah, easy all to find we'll be out doing who's eat uh, food, watching basketball, football, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, easy to find out who's a contender and who's a pretender. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why you, that's why you like those games. That's why you take those games. Exactly. Um, uh, but according to Vegas, uh, uh, Texas Tech is currently uh, plus eight thousand to win the national championship, plus eighteen hundred to make the final four this year. And according to WinBet Sportsbook, the Red Raiders have a projected win total of twenty three. What would you say your projected win total for this team is? Do we make the tournament in year one? If so, what city do you think we are? Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll turn it over to you for that one, Brooks. Yeah, looking at it, looking through our schedule, I think twenty three is kind of high of a number. I, I would definitely take the under on that. I think. 2021 wins is about where I see us being when I kind of go through, look at the schedule to be on the the high end of that would mean that you would have to go and get two wins in the battle of Atlantis. That means you probably have to pull off uh, a pretty big road upset uh, somewhere along the way, um, win all your home games. And so I, I, while I'm, I feel good about this team. I, I still think there's going to be some lumps around the, along the road and um, you might drop a game or two here at home I don't really know what to expect about the battle for Atlantis, so I feel hesitant predicting more than one win in that. Um, and so I think 2021 uh, wins is where I would I would have this team. And I think that's enough to get you into the tournament, though. Like, yeah. I think if you get 2021 wins, that's enough to get you as an 8-9 seed into the NCAA tournament, especially in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, maybe pull off a couple more wins in the Big 12 tournament to really solidify your spot there. But that's kind of where I see this team going as one of those borderline bubble teams. But ultimately, you do enough to secure your spot in the tournament and you don't have to go play in Dayton, which is, uh, I think, where um, <laughs> we're projected to be right now by Joe Lenardi is to have to go to Dayton and play in one of the play in games as like an 11 seat or something. So um, I think we'll be a, a little bit better than that, but. You know, still an eight nine seed, but that's a win for me in year one of yeah. McCaslin is, yeah. is getting to the dance. That's that that would be huge. Yeah, that's, that's what we're kind of at too. You know, I, I wouldn't mind like if we were be like an eleven seed, just ten seed. I, I just I just want to see Texas like, make the tournament again this year. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's not fun whenever Tech uh, is just sitting on the couch uh, during a uh, during March Madness. You know, uh, like it was yep. this past year. You know, so I'm I'm always I got just, used like, to got used yeah. to being there in March and, and and you know, are we a Thursday or Friday game? And not having yeah. that last year was definitely a bummer. So hopefully yeah, it definitely was, definitely was. and uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, Hey, if you, if you can get to the, if you can get to the tournament, I don't care what seed you are, 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13, 14. I don't care what seed you are. Just get to that tournament. I feel like if you are to 
you know, at least have like even a 500 record in the Big 12 with how competitive yeah. this league is, you, you you'll get there. You know, like you'll you'll yeah. you'll you'll have you'll have your ticket punch to uh to to the tournament. So yeah, I'm, and I'm, then we all know once you get to March, you just throw the ball up, anything can yeah. happen. I mean, we've anything seen 11 happen. seeds get in and go to the Final Four. So, um, you know, ride that wave. If you come into the end of the season and you're on a hot streak, like. You know, who cares what CGR just put up, put us up against anybody after you go through the big 12 conference. Like you really do kind of feel invincible, <laughs> like, like any <laughs> other team that's not big 12. Like you're like, all right, we can get them. But um, yeah, just get to the tournament. And I think, I think the McCaslin era will be off to a great start. Absolutely. Especially when you get to the tournament and you have better officiating, you know, I'm not saying that oh, big 12 yeah. officiating is a, uh, it's terrible, but, but you it's know, not it's, great. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I feel like, you know, just, I mean, hell, you, you look at a player wrong in the Big 12, you get a, you get a call. Yep. You know, that's that's a whistle on you. Um, you know, to where I feel like, because uh, I, I actually have a buddy of mine who's, um, uh, he lives here in Austin now, but he went to the University of Minnesota. So last year I would watch uh, some Big Ten basketball with him and we're just kind of hanging out. And I noticed like, you know, Big Ten officials, they let a lot of things go. Yeah. Like a lot of things. I'm like, oh, that, that, that probably should have been a blocker. That, that should have been a charge. Yeah. Like, that should have been something. Like oh he he definitely grabbed him right there like you know I, I'm noticing these things I'm like wait n- there's no calls no whistles and then wow. the Big Ten like- teams uh, <laughs> when they do get in the tournament they start getting all those calls on them because you, you can't have Big Ten officials and officiating yeah. crew when you get to the tournament and so that's why I'm thinking like oh wow maybe that's why Big Ten typically doesn't show out in the uh, in the tournaments you know so yeah. I know you got like your Michigan states or Michigans that are just you know naturally good that way and are able think- to uh, overcome that but. I think it can be a good and a bad thing because one of my dad's yeah. theories is, you know, big 12 teams were so used to just getting all these calls throughout the season and you get to the tournament and then you're not getting like some of the basic calls that you're used to getting. And so yeah. some big 12 teams, like we've seen big 12 teams struggle and get ousted pretty quick sometimes in the tournament because it's like all of a sudden Kansas isn't getting all those Kansas friendly <laughs> calls anymore yeah. once they're playing against other teams. And so, um, you know, I think that can be a benefit. I think it can be, uh, something that that hurts you uh, once you get to the tournament, just because you never know. You never know. You never know when you're going to get Doug Sermons on a mission to to <laughs> make his name known during a game. And and so, yeah, Big 12 officiating always a always a journey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would like to find like a middle ground between like the Big 12 and the Big 10, you know, just kind of have that yeah. one right there, you know, to where it's not, you know, it's not the ref show. Oh, but it it's also be. not like just there's no there's like an absence like oh were there even refs in this game you know like yeah. you're not asking yourself that at the end of the game but my full belief is just like i just want them to be consistent you know yeah. i just i just want to get the same call on both ends of the floor you know I, I don't want to look at the end of the game and it's like man the the foul disparity was so this lopsided you know be consistent it's the basic thing that you're trying to do as a ref and yeah don't take over the game um yeah and let the teams do it and and i think there's so many times when you look at our games last year it's like man <laughs> they got a little too involved here they they gave this call to kansas here not to us here they gave this call but i can go into refing yeah, no for days so we probably got <laughs> yeah no i mean it's 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 coming we'll have plenty of time to talk about that later on <laughs> um but yeah you know kind of getting some um some more get to know you type questions yeah. Um, I, I always like asking the uh, guests this question, uh, you know, outside of, you know, the final four, the national championship, uh, you know, uh, season that we had, you know, what was your favorite Texas Tech basketball memory that you had? Well, it could be a game that you attended one that you watched. I mean, what, what is your favorite memory? Yeah, this one's hard to narrow down because I've been, you know, I'm 
from Lubbock. I've been going to games my whole life. And so I have a couple, I, I got two moments here that I'll, I'll show out. And of course, you know, nothing beats the final four and that yeah, whole experience absolutely. was just absolutely amazing. But um, I'll go like my most recent one. Um, and, and this one might be really impossible to top, but it's beating Chris Beard and his return to Lubbock. Um, <laughs> yes. That whole atmosphere was insane the crowd was electric nobody was sitting down i mean every play felt like it was a uh, game on the line it was as intense of a crowd that i've ever really been a part of for tech basketball that is um and then of course you know everything leading up to it with the the students you know uh and the bus and brock freaking cunningham or um you know going out there and um, you know, doing horns up at all the students and then the drama between Adams and Beard like practice and everything building leading up to the game, Twitter blackouts, all that stuff. And then the game actually like lived up to the hype and you get that win. Uh, so that's definitely like up there. And I don't you know, that might be hard to top my I'll go back to my childhood for my other one. It's 2004 when Daryl Dora hit the shot versus Kansas. Um I was at the game with my mom. It was va uh, Valentine's Day. My dad couldn't be there. He was so mad he couldn't be there. Um, but then we got that crazy win. It's the first time that like I saw us beat Kansas. It's the first time that I saw a court storming. And so that night will always like, I think, think I still oh. have my basketball ticket for that game <laughs> hidden in one of my um, sports memorabilia boxes somewhere. But that's like my first huge memory of, of Texas Tech basketball and and Daryl Dora hitting that shot when everybody in the gym was like, no, no, no. Yes. And then he made it and the crowd was going <laughs> crazy, stormed the court, beat a top ranked Kansas. It was really fun. So yeah, those are, those were you on the court? Did you storm the court in that game? I did not. I was uh, I was like 13 <laughs> at the time, and we had tickets up in the upper upper oh, okay. bowl, so we weren't yeah. close to this uh, getting to rush on the court. And it was just me and my mom. So my mom was not the rush to, rush the court type of person. <laughs> um, so it did not rush the court, but we we definitely enjoyed watching all those students and fans rush. It was really fun. Absolutely. I remember my first uh, court storming was my freshman year at Tech. Uh, back in 20, I think it was 2017 at this point, um, where we uh, beat Baylor. Baylor's fourth ranked team in the country, beat yeah. them coming in, and the students stormed the core. I was one of them that was did that, and that, that was a really fun experience, a really cool experience. Um, I believe it was Beard's first year as well too. And um, yeah, I remember yeah. that game. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, my first that was, was when we beat Washington under Pat Knight. That was my first like actual court storming. Oh, okay, and we nice. stormed twice because. We thought we hit a buzzer beater. We thought Mike Singletary hit a buzzer beater, but they went and reviewed it, and he, he still had the ball in his hand, so it didn't count. And so we went to overtime, and then we beat him in overtime and stormed again. So that's stormed my first. <laughs> yeah. The that double a, storm, you know. That was a so nice to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, it was not a great time during Texas Tech basketball, so we didn't have very many opportunities to storm yeah. the court. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's that's why you got you got to soak them in while you got them. You got to soak them in while yeah, you got them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so your podcast is called Tailgate Talks, of course. So yeah. I'm actually curious, uh, what is the best tailgate you've ever hosted or attended? Yeah, this is a fun one. Um, I have to do both on this one as well. Sorry, I'm going <laughs> to no expand on these ones. But my favorite tailgate that I've hosted was we had uh, it's the the famous uh, tip drill TCU game. Um, which was obviously oh, yeah. a brutal loss. Um, but I that was my first football season where I had several of my college friends that were now graduated and they were in Dallas and Austin and Houston. And I saw my Lubbock friends. I'm from Lubbock. And so I was staying here after college. So I had my friends here. But that game, a lot of friends came back. We all got together through a tailgate. 
Uh, it was so much fun. I think it rained uh, on us a little bit, uh, but we all got in our tent. We're chugging fireball and everything like that. We had a we had a hell of a good time. Went to the game. The game, unfortunately, uh, was a heartbreaker, but that was a very fun tailgate. Lots of people from different parts of my college life and and stuff were all in town, and so we had a good time. Uh, bonding with all those people. And then if everyone I've ever been to, this is a story that me and Dustin just love to share because uh, of the randomness of it. But we went to Norman in, um, I think it was also the same season as that TCU game. It was the first uh, Mayfield versus Mahomes game there in Norman. And so we went up to Norman for that. Dustin has some friends that went to Oklahoma that we stayed at. Um, we hung out with, we went down to Logie's there in Norman and hanging out with a bunch of Sooners, you know, it's kind of gross. And so we finally run into some <laughs> tech fans there. And it's this big Santa Claus looking dude. Like we we call him Tech Santa. I don't even know his real name. I, I, we just call him Tech Santa. He, <laughs> tech he looks Santa. like Santa Claus uh, if Santa Claus was a tech fan. So we run into him at Logie's. We're hanging out with them. And he's like, yeah, come to our tailgate tomorrow. We're having sausage and molly, sausage and molly. And he just kept repeating sausage and molly. So we're laughing, but he never tells us where his tailgate is. So we're like, oh, well, yeah. at least, you know, we know they're going to have a good morning. So we show up to our tailgate the mo- to the next morning. It's a OU tailgate. They're teaching us how to play all these different tailgate games. And I'm kicking their ass. So that was also fun. <laughs> but then we kind of go stumbling around and we run into sausage and molly, Santa, Santa, <laughs> uh, tech Santa and his tailgate. And then we ended up just hanging out with them and partying with them. And it was just like a small group of tech fans, but it was so much fun to like run into them. And now like we hang out with them like every year we'll, we'll figure out what game they're coming in because they live in Houston. And so they'll bring in like their RV for one game a year and they'll tell us and they're like West Virginia game last year, they were there and they go park and we go hang out with them. And so it's kind of like a random night that's turned into a cool friendship where we see them every year tailgating. And, um, and so it's just random, but fun and the game sucked. And so we went back tailgated with them a little bit more and, uh, really good people like tech fans, you know, we're awesome when you, when you run into tech fans in the wild, it's always a good time. And so might've not been the biggest, baddest tailgate, but it was really fun because some <laughs> friendships were made then and, and they're, they're going to last every football season. It seems like. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Love to, love to hear stories like that, man. I, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter like where you're, cause I mean, even when I was in, uh, I was in Utah this past week and I ran into a yeah. couple of, uh, tech fans out there and, uh, you know, we're just chatting up man like yeah. like tech fans anywhere you go like if you especially if you went to tech you know you pretty much will can say like you can relate to each other like you oh, can yeah. always relate to each other you can always like tell stories of like oh it's one time on broadway or something like that you always got like stuff you can exactly. really you know relate to because we all had um we didn't have the same experience, but we all had like very similar, similar experiences yeah. when we had, uh, when we were up here in Lubbock and at uh, Texas tech, man, and it's always just something you can kind of really, really relate to. And I, I always oh, really, yeah. really do enjoy that. I think that's, I, I think that's awesome. That's one of the awesome that's, things about being a that's tech the funnest part about yeah. road, road trips is like, you kind of just have a few tech fans there. And so you just yeah. kind of, you find somebody and you talk to them and next thing you know, like your friends and you can end up being friends for a long time <laughs> just because of that one experience you had going to a game. And so that's, yeah, yeah, that's why I love Red Raider Nation. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's our one of our favorite uh, game stories to tell is, is uh, Oklahoma then and meeting Tech Santa. <laughs> Tech Santa, man. Tech Santa. Love it, dude. Love it. Um, what is, uh, so being a Lubbock native yourself, what is your favorite restaurant to eat at in Lubbock? You know, might, might be, might be, you know, one of the, I, I know, I know the big ones out there that I've always yeah. been to. Uh, maybe what's kind of like a hidden one, you know, that you, uh, like a hidden gem out there in Lubbock. I don't know about like hidden. I feel like everything's kind of known nowadays with social media. Um, 
I would say, you know, my favorite place is Triple J. Oh, if you're yeah. in Lubbock, I think you know about Triple J. That's where I go for my birthday. It's where like Dustin goes for his birthday. <laughs> it's like my favorite place. I love to go get the uh, steak there or, or whatever. And they also have a brew house. So I like, you know, trying their beers. That's always a nice place for me. You know, another place that's been here recently that's uh, becoming very popular is Dirk's. Dirk's Chicken. That place oh. slaps. I, if you haven't been to Dirk's yet, next time you come to Lubbock, Make your way over to Dirks. It's over there on 13th and Avenue Q. Um, it's okay. really good. And it's after the uh, cartoonist, who, uh, uh, Dirk West, who uh, did all the Red Raider cartoons, who uh, discovered Raider Red. Uh, it's awesome. They have really good steak fingers, chicken fingers, fried chicken, like everything there is everything. really, really good, plus some really good drinks. So next time, make your way over to Dirks. Um, Dirks Chicken. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of that one before. It's awesome. And they got all his drawings up on the wall. Um, and, and so it's a really cool, really cool place, really good food too. just, um, love going there. And so that would be my top recommendation for somebody who hasn't had it yet. Um, you know, obviously there's the classics like Spanky's and, uh, mm-hmm. Evie Mays barbecue and all that stuff. The Lubbock has a lot of really good places to, they do, to yes. go eat. Yeah. And so you know, people like to shit on Lubbock, but there's, <laughs> we got plenty of stuff to do. Yeah. Plenty, of, plenty of stuff to do, plenty of places yeah. to go to a lot of good restaurants, you know, and Best of all good people, you know, love that. <laughs> what, what's your go-to place when you're, when you're oh, back in Lubbock? My go-to place is typically, like every time I go to Lubbock, I always make it a priority to go to the, um, uh, what is it? Um, it's like a Hawaiian poke and ramen place. I yeah. don't know why, but like that is like some of the best ramen I've ever had. Like that the I've, one that's over by uh, Torchies? Yes, yes. Right, yeah, right over yeah. there by Torchies and that my dad right across lunch the campus. There. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I love yeah. their ramen. Dude. I don't know what it is, but like, I just, I, I love it. It's, it's so delicious. You know, I've had yeah, that's a, multiple that's different bowls show. there. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, I'll say the other one would probably be Teddy Jack's. I, I really like Teddy yeah. Jack's a lot. I live too. right by Teddy Jack's, so I oh, yeah. that place often. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so absolutely. If I'm ever just needing a beer or want to go watch the games, I just literally walk over there. Uh, Teddy Jack's is good. Uh, and then uh, Thai Pepper, uh, I feel like you have to throw Thai Pepper in there. Uh, thai Pepper is always so good if you like <laughs> Thai food, yeah, Asian yes. food, that kind of cuisine. <laughs> thai Pepper, it, it slaps and it's uh the same every time it's always consistent so goes hard man love it yeah. love it um and of course you know you got the the, the classics gotta go together the chimneys and uh, Chimney. another yeah. one yeah. um another one that i i just recently went to the last time i was in lubbock was a beer house i ne- I'd never yeah. actually been out to beer house before but i went there one time and liked the environment really chill out there so yeah. i'm like you know what maybe, maybe this is another uh another staple i have you know every time yeah, i go the- back here yeah, my friend group loves uh, Beer House and then Miguel's, which is right across the street, which I think is the same owner, um, but very similar vibes. Good patios. It's yes. Lubbock doesn't have a whole lot of great patio bars, but those places both have really good patios. And so it's on a nice 70, 80 degree weather day like today. Like those yes. places are fantastic. <laughs> and so, yeah, Beer House is definitely a, a a good spot to go to, especially if like Broadway is super packed. Yeah, you can yeah. just go down the road a little bit and go to either of those and have just as good a time, just as good a drinks. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely love it, man. Lo- I love uh, beer house and chimneys, of course, all that, man. So it's, yeah. it's, it's good times, good vibes. Absolutely here for it, man. Always. Uh, let's get back into basketball just a little bit. You know, uh, obviously you've attended so many games at the United Supermarkets Arena. Uh, probably one's back when it's called the United Spirit Arena. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where, where would you rank uh, the USA in terms of basketball atmospheres in the country. And uh, what do you think makes the atmosphere kind of so electric? Yeah, I think 
the cool part for me, and it's tough, tough to put it in a ranking because like my only real thing I can compare it to is I've been to Fog Allen. That's the only, like, I don't really travel a whole lot for basketball, so I haven't seen a whole lot of other stadiums, so it's hard to compare. But Fog Allen was insane. Like, Fog Allen is oh, yeah. everything they say it is, you know. Have you been to Fog Allen before? I've not been to Fog Allen. I do have a brother-in-law that we, we were supposed to go, I think, 2021 for the Tech game out there. I just con- conflicting schedules, couldn't make it out there. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a KU alum. And so okay. like, he always tries to go up there every, every, every so often and, uh, for, especially for basketball games. So he always yeah. tries to catch, uh, catch the season, like, uh, like right as, you know, football season's kind of ending and then go to like a, a football game yeah, and get a basketball yeah, game, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, you know uh, exactly. Get, yeah. the, get both of them knocked out of the way. Um, Two birds, one stone. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I haven't been to Fog Allen, but I know like how electric it is. Yeah, it's it's insane, and and it's everything everybody says it is. And if you're just a college basketball fan, like it's a must, like go there. And so that place is crazy, and it's like that every game. And you know, for me, you know, watching the tech fan base kind of build over, like you know, I was in college when we sucked, and there was nobody there. You know, there was nobody <laughs> yeah. at the games. I could I worked at the rec center, and I could literally get off work at eight p.m. Walk over to an eight game, eight p.m. tip off. Go sit wherever I wanted in the student section, like besides the yeah. front row, because there would still be like the front row people. Um, you know, so I, I saw when there wasn't fan base here, and so it's been cool to see it get built. You know, from the beard to Adams now to McCastle, and like it's cool to see where it came from and how it is now. So for me, it's kind of like under the tier of Kansas you know UNC do kind of the blue blood tier of fans that are going to show up every single year no matter what um but you're building a really cool environment and and it's awesome like that the Kansas Texas Baylor TCU like those kind of games the atmosphere is crazy um and, and it's so much fun when we do the swag surf it feels like uh if you properly time the swag surf it feels like it can be a game over type situation just because <laughs> of how the crowd is yeah and it's such a home field advantage like we've seen what home court advantage like what it's been you had your first uh undefeated home season just two years ago um but the the only thing that knocks it is when we're not winning like the crowd yeah. you will see the crowd dissipate like last year there were several games where you know there just wasn't a whole lot of people there you know we'll still get up for the Texas and the Baylor games but Iowa State Kansas State didn't have yeah, you know the kind of crowds <laughs> and that's understandable when you know but that's kind of how the tech fan base is when we're winning we're there and we're a hundred percent in and when we're losing we're like all right well I'll watch it on TV <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so that's kind of what knocks it but man when it's up it's up there yeah. like. Kentucky if several years ago, you know, the Texas games lately, Kansas, like when when those teams are in town, like it's it's hard to beat that atmosphere, that's for sure. Yeah, like the the next step is like, you know, making those kind of like not necessarily rivalry games like the uh, you know K-States, the Iowa States, whenever they come to town, just selling yes. those games out and making those ones just as electric as you made the Baylors and the Texases and, you know, all those uh, all those exactly. other games you had going on. I think that's just the next step we need to take. But, yeah, I definitely agree. Like It's a, it's a crazy atmosphere. And as you were mentioning earlier, I was uh, my freshman year there. Uh, I lived at Weymouth Hall. Which was, you know, obviously right down yeah. just right down the road from the stadium. So I could, you know, get there 30 minutes early, 30 minutes before tip off. Perfect student section, Perfect. everything yeah. like that. Nothing, uh, nothing, uh, you know, it wasn't hard to find a seat in the student section. Yeah. Now, I mean, because I, I was a student there, you know, during that transition to where it started to get, you know, a lot yeah. more. Pa- I mean, hell, you know, by my, uh, by my, you know, f- my senior year there, I mean, you had to get to that, that, that gate three yeah. and a half hours early for a tip off just to get a decent, 
the seat in the student section, you know, yeah. uh, I always did that because, you know, die hard. Right. Right. And, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, just that transition, I was like, man, like, like a part of me was like, like, I hate this, but yeah. you know, it's like, I kind of wish that we were back in 2016, you know, but like, yeah. you know, it's like, like, I missed 2016 a little bit just for that reason. But, uh, you know, yeah, I always wonder because I was like, you know, when I was in college, we happened to suck at like everything. We weren't good at football. It was the mm-hmm. Tuberville era, you oh, know, yeah. not great. Um, we weren't good at basketball. We weren't good at baseball. Like we just weren't good at anything. And so like some of me is like a little jealous that college students, you know, now get to have you know, a yeah. baseball team worth rooting for a basketball team that's worth rooting for. But I'm not jealous that I don't have to go to the game three and a half hours early to get there because we got our season tickets. I can walk in whenever I want. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I definitely like to get there early. I, I love, you know, I love going to Club Red, having a couple of drinks before the game. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely glad now that I don't have to worry about <laughs> about doing that, that I can just get into the game whenever I want because, you know, that line for that Texas game a couple of years ago was just. Oh uh, yeah, I, I didn't I go to that one patience. <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, I was uh, I was graduated out at that point. Um, but yeah, I just I, I remember that and just like having to just wade through the Lubbock yeah. cold because it, it is January, February. It's it, it's cold yeah. outside, you know. Kind of wait through that, freezing your ass off, trying to wait to get in this game for a good seat. And um, yeah, I, I I don't miss that, but I I always did it, man. I always wait through it because uh, yeah, you know, I just want to see Tech basketball play, and that's that's what we all yeah. did. That's what all like you know true diehard fans yeah. did. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I I was really happy. I kind of got to see like the the back end of that and the intro to where we became, you know, uh, yeah. uh, nationally relevant in basketball, which is, it's just always exciting. I always love to see that. And you got to shout out the Raider, right? Like I, I think oh, yeah. they're a huge, they're a huge part of that because the students still show up, like the students, students are still there and, and it's really cool to see that kind of movement happen and, and, uh, and, and what they've done there. That's a, you know, really cool thing. And so, you know, you got to shout them out because, uh, that atmosphere is so much better when the students are there, you know, oh, yeah. um, it's no always doubt. those games between the break that, you know, everybody else kind of gets to come into the stadium. And that's when they always seem to conveniently schedule Kansas, you know, when the <laughs> students are gone or, or schedule some of our big games. But uh, there's a whole lot of difference from when the Raider riot is there and ready to go. It, it's, it's really cool. So shout out to them. Shout out to everybody that shows up. Cause it's like you said, it's, it's really cool to see that transition and, and how it's kind of being built really from the ground up, you know? So yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to see like the formation of the Raider Riot when I was mm-hmm. uh when I was there at Tech, you know, because I think it was like the our lead eight year when they like truly formed yeah. and they really got going. And then obviously the next year they just kept building off of that and they were just fantastic. Yeah. So definitely gotta shout those guys out. Uh and the last uh last question I kind of got for you guys today, kind of in regards to uh, your podcast in particular. Um yeah. what uh what made you guys decide to go ahead and uh, ultimately start this podcast, want to do another tech podcast? And uh, of course you'll feel free to drop your socials for it as well. Yeah. But yeah, I just kinda wanna get the uh, get the backstory on that. Yeah, I think it's a, a similar story to a lot of people. Um we had three guys originally when we started is me, Dustin, and then our friend Arlie. And back in the day when Nick's sports bars were open and they had their two locations in Lubbock, we'd go to Nick's every Thursday night to watch Thursday night football or whatever college games were on, whatever basketball, like didn't matter what time of year we were there at Nick's on Thursday night, we were watching whatever's on. And we were just like talking, shooting shit about sports, like, like as guys do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and drink a beer. And we always joked about, uh, it would be fun, you know, just to, to throw a podcast out there. And so, uh, during COVID, uh, Arlie became, you know, he used to play video games professionally, uh, has a background in that. So he started Twitch streaming, uh, him playing, 
uh, Warzone and games like that. He texted us one day, was like, hey, would y'all want to, you remember we would talk about a podcast? Well, I have all the equipment to do it if we all want to do it. And we were like, hey, might as well give it a shot. It's COVID, not much is happening right now. So um, so we originally started, we wanted to talk all sports, you know, NFL, NBA, like a lot of things that we're passionate about, MLB, um, then tech, on, you know, as well. Um, and so we started off that way and then kind of as it kept going, we just enjoyed talking about tech more. Like for me, I, I, like tech is my Cowboys, tech is my Astros, tech is my Mavericks like that. I'm from yeah. Lubbock. I didn't have like a huge professional uh, team to follow. I had tech. And so uh, I, I love talking about tech. I know more about tech than I know about anything else. Um, and so we just kind of gradually turned more to tech. And then that's when the nation kind of knocked on our door and was like, hey, do y'all want to uh, join us, but yeah, cut, cut out the other stuff and just focus on tech. And we're like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. And so for the last year and a half now, we've been with the nation and talking Texas tech sports, you know, we, uh, cover football, basketball, we'll, we'll, we'll throw in little tidbits to some of the other sports. We only have so much capacity to watch, you know, sports. Yeah. Uh, I have a wife who doesn't really care about sports. And so if I watch tech sports every day, uh, uh, we would not be married anymore. So I got to space <laughs> it out. And so, um, but yeah, we have a good time with it. We're tailgate talks. We're on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. We still call it Twitter, but we're there at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting on social medias. We have Facebook and Instagram as well. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, we try to post little clips from each week's episode to post there. I haven't been super engaged with the YouTube lately, but mostly follow our po podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Um, you can find us there and well, yeah, we post episodes weekly, uh, usually like a recap of the game uh, from the past week and then a quick preview of the upcoming game. And then, of course, as basketball season gets going, we'll uh, be really engaged on that. Basketball is my favorite sport. So this is like my favorite time of year where you got both things going and can yeah. really dive into that. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love that time of year that we're starting to get into, you know, back at football season and then you got basketball starting back up. It's you know one of my favorite times of year as well, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, I know by listening to you guys, you guys are very well-spoken, you know, you guys, uh, don't do it. the, uh, uh, you don't do like, you know, the, the filler words, like I do all the time, the ands, ums, I mean, it's just, it's straight, you know, just talk. I'm just like, dang, these guys are really good. You know, it's, it's hard to do. Like, I definitely yeah. know going back through <laughs> listening to so mine, I, I definitely say ums and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, it's hard not to, you know, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we try and it's just fun, man. I, I Every week I get to talk to my best friend about text tech sports and yeah. hey, if one person listened to enjoy it, that's good enough for me. Um, and so I think we'll keep doing that as long as, as people keep listening. We'll keep <laughs> putting stuff out there for people to listen to. Exactly. Exactly. Love that, man. Well, uh, thank you very much, Brooks, for hopping on the podcast today, man. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, definitely fired up about Texas Tech basketball as everybody out there should be. Uh, so Brooks, thank you so very much. Once again, you can go ahead and follow him at tailgate, talk, tailgate underscore talks on Twitter. Yes, uh, subscribe to their YouTube channel. Find them on Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. These guys are great at what they do. You know, very well spoken as I, as I mentioned before. Uh, so yeah, thank you once again, Brooks, for coming on the podcast. Man, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you having me and and uh, hopefully we'll have you on our podcast, a little home and home later on down the road. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it, man. Looking forward to it. How'd it go? All right. Welcome back to uh, the show. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed that interview I had with Brooks. Um, once again, man, if you're not fired up after listening to that, man, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. But I got to say, I am absolutely thrilled for tech basketball to finally be back. 
Um, can't wait till November eighth, man. Tip off. You know, I feel like this is going to be a uh, it's going to be a lot better of a season than we had last year, to say the least. You know, and uh, I think uh, so. you know, and we're we're gonna find a lot, a lot about this team early on. So I'm I'm really uh really excited about this one. But with that said, though, Zuni, should we go ahead and move on to some easy money? Is that what you want to move on? Easy. To? Oh, are you talking about the easy moolah? Oh yes, the I'm talking bread. about the easy moolah. The easy was it the dead presidents, the Skrilla, <laughs> the uh, the narrow, uh, I'm right, the narrow, I'm green trying bags. to think of other green bags uh, <laughs> uh, uh that that black ink i don't know nah, you know what it don't even matter guys let's just go ahead let's just go ahead and move on money, to baby. some easy money let's go here comes the money All right, welcome in to Easy Money, the segment where we lose money on the college football weekend. So you don't have to. That's correct. Uh, going over some wins and losses from last week, though. So last week, I uh, I came in second again. You know, Zuni led the way at 800. I mean, 800, 500, 8 and 8. Let's go. You're 8 and 8 in bets. Let's um, go. I came in. Second, going seven and nine in my bets. Seven and nine, and then Nesto was six and ten. Uh, my overall record, a uh, year overall record right now, is ninety-one and seventy-seven. You're in first place. I am Let's eighty-six go. and eighty-two in second place. And Nesto really needs to pick it up, man. He is seventy-seven and ninety-one right now. So he's got basically your record, but backwards. Pretty much from the yeah, sounds he, of it. Don't worry, lad. He's got Don't worry, lad. I was in the same position last last year with Jonah, where I was uh, <laughs> trailing pretty bad. And guess what? I almost made five hundred. So you got you got a chance. I think I I think I yes, the boy like definitely has a 50, chance, man. Fifty one or some random like that. I don't remember. Anyways, he has a chance. <laughs> he has a chance. That's definitely. cool. I went eight and eight. And he's not on the segment with us today, but I did send over his picks earlier on, so I'm going to list them off for him. Uh, first up on the slate, we got South Carolina versus Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M, a 14-point favor with the over-under of 54. Zuni, you like your man. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Aggies, the Assies, the 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 ugly maroon, I guess, but the I'm going to go with them. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm that. gonna go with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, so I'm gonna go with them. Um, I'm actually gonna take South Carolina to beat the spread, and I'm gonna take the over. But I'm gonna spread to take the over. I yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I, I I think I will. I'm gonna take AM in the points. I think AM's gonna cover. And I think I'm gonna take the under though. It did look good last week, but I don't want to go yeah. with the assies, bro. So it's cool. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I I got AM to cover. I'm gonna take that under. And Nesto has AM covering. Let's take the over though. Next up, okay. we got college game day game: Oregon versus Utah State. I just came from really nice out there. I did go see Rice Eccles Stadium at the University of Utah too. I didn't uh, go in stadium. Oh, did you? I did drive around it. Yes, you drove around. Very nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> got to see both stadiums. Uh, Oregon sick, versus Utah. Oregon currently a six and a half point favorite. The over under of forty eight. Zuni, what we like here, man? 
I'm actually going to take Utah to upset. That's, I'm taking Utah to upset. They're ranked. Uh, Oregon, I think they're going to – they got to drop another game because it's it's just typical Oregon football. So, yeah, <laughs> Utah. Utah no. will continue to kind of impress the masses, but will somehow at some point also crash and burn because it's a very Utah thing to do. Um, I'm going to take the over. Take the over. Okay. Taking the over. I think Oregon absolutely covers that. And I want to take I'm gonna take the over as well. And uh Nesto is in agreement. He has Oregon covering and take the over as well, too. Okay. Next up, we've got Oklahoma versus Kansas. OU a 10 point favor with the over under of 65. What do you like there, Zoom? Uh well, I would really, really love Kansas to win this game, but I think Oklahoma does win, but I think Kansas will beat the spread. I'm taking the under. Um I think it'll be a closer game than Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the under. Yeah. Uh, I will take Oklahoma to cover though. I think coming off of last really? week they understood that, you know, that uh it was a much closer game than they, they thought it would be. You know, they only won by two. So it was, it was yeah. too close to conference. I think they're gonna be them, yeah, I think they're gonna be refocused, you know, have a new energy to them. Um so yeah, I, I think that even though they have to go on the road to Kansas, I, I still think OU covers handily, but yeah. I'm gonna take that under and play that on a little safe. Fair enough. And Alrighty. Nesto has OU covering, taking the under as well. He's in agreement with me. I don't know if I feel good or bad about that. D, well, I guess you'll uh, find Nesto's out next week. Chisney. He's in the last place, <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> not next how that up, works, man. We got Houston versus Kansas State. 50, Kansas 50 State shot every time. 17 and a half point fair with the over under of 50. God damn. Yeah. God I don't, I. I have to think Houston's going to beat that spread. Yeah, I'm going to say Houston's going to beat that spread, and I'm going to go with the over. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with the over. <laughs> I'm going to go with the over as well, and I think Kansas State covers. Wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting, okay. And Nestu. As Houston beating the spread is going to take the over as well, too. Dang, so that's another one that we're in agreement on. I don't know if I feel good about that. <laughs> I don't need those loser vibes around me. <laughs> Dude, that's just, that's messed up, man. Can't even defend himself. I know. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> um, next up, we got West Virginia versus UCF. UCF, a seven-point favorite at home. The over-under of 59. Interesting. Hmm. I think UCF will win the game. I don't think they cover. And I'm going to take the under. So I'm going to take West Virginia to win the game. I'm going to take the under as well. And Nesto has West Virginia covering. He's going to take that under. Or he has West Virginia beating the spread. Uh, But he's going to take the under as well. Sorry. Messed that up for him. Okay. Next up, we got Iowa State versus Baylor. Iowa State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite with the over-under of 47. Interesting. I think... Wow. I don't know how I feel about this one. This one's really I, interesting. I, this might be the most I interesting gotta, match I, the Golly, this is a goddamn trap game if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking Baylor at home because why not? Let them beat Iowa State. So, I don't know, man. You know what? I think I'm so going yeah, nah, to go with the Cyclones on this one. Okay, that's cool. I'm gonna it's go okay with the to Cyclones 
and I think I'm actually gonna take the under. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take ba- I'm gonna take Baylor to win. They gotta win, man. And I'm gonna take the over, man. Take the over. And yeah. uh, Nesto has Iowa State covering. Is take the over. Next up, we got. Cincinnati versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma Mark State Gundy. is seven and a half point the favorite. Mullet. The over under of fifty three. Interesting. I'm I'm a I, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take I'm the Cowboys 40. at home, and I like that over. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm taking Oklahoma State at home, bro. They're hard to beat <laughs> at home. So, yeah, I'm gonna take them to actually cover as well, and I'm gonna take the over. And uh, Nesto is in agreement. So I'm going to go with you to cover and take me over. Nice. Last game on the slate. We got BYU versus Texas. Texas, a 17 and a half point favor with the over under of 50. Oddly enough, though, I think Texas actually is able to cover this one. Really? Yes. Wow. I so think Texas seen, actually will cover this one. Believe after seeing BYU, I, I, no, no disrespect to my BYU fans out there or to uh, you know boost Texas up. I really do hope BYU wins. But uh, I just I I think I I just think they're gonna get stomped against Texas. I honestly do. Like that's that's just my honest opinion. Nah, Jonah Jonah's a hater. He went out to your stadium. <laughs> he 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 said y'all guys were obnoxious, or at least a group of fans, right? But anyways, no, I'm not gonna get into it. No, BYU, I think will actually uh, beat the spread. I will say that. Uh, they the um, I think they will, man. I think they'll beat the spread. I think they'll give Texas a good game up until about the fourth quarter where Texas eventually pulls away. But yeah, no, I think BYU um, sticks it out. I think they hang for a bit. I, uh, I don't know. If they, so and I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. I think uh, I could see it being like a 34-20 game. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Nesto has BYU beating the spread and take the over as well too in this one. Gotta remember, Texas is. Uh, are they gonna be having their starting QB in the lineup next week? I don't believe so. Um, I don't know. I think like, uh, yeah, no, the uh, other kids. It's kind of what there. factors into that for me as well. So I know they have Texas at home, but yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, let's not sleep on. Let's not. Let's not sleep on the Mormons, man. I'm just saying. Uh. <laughs> well, all right. I guess I'll go ahead and conclude our easy money segment now. Getting into the segment, we all love our good vibes vibe of the oh, week. You, Andre 3K. Oh, yeah. Hey. Okay, <laughs> yes. All right, Zuni, you want to lead us off? And what is your good vibe, I believe? What are you vibing with this week, my friend? So in honor with, you know, the Spurs starting off the season, I am going with good health. Oh, my God. That is what I'm going with. Please knock on wood every time. If y'all hear me, that's me knocking on wood. Good health is my good vibes vibe of the week. Um, I don't want to jinx us, but I'm a Jets fan. Aaron Rodgers went down in four plays. Good health is my vibe of the week, guys. Let Wendy Yama not get hurt. Um, sorry that I had to bring basketball into it, my NBA basketball team, but... That's the good vibe, vibe of the week I'm going with because, you know, the NBA basketball season is starting up and we get to see more and more talent in the NBA. So that's my good vibe, vibe of the week. If you're not a sports fan, I understand. This one might not feel sorry be that, for you. That, that might not be as appealing. Yeah, I do feel sorry for you, too. Shout out to Jonah for that. Yes, sir. I do feel sorry. Ha, loser. No, I'm joking. I appreciate you if you're listening and, and if you're not a sports fan. 
appreciate that even more. But yeah, no, that's what I'm going with. Uh, good health. Um, because I want a long and fruitful season for uh, you know, the next uh, the next big big and you know, San Antonio Spurs legacy. Yeah, I'm excited for that one too, without a doubt. Without a doubt, man. You know, if you can't tell, we're a Spurs podcast, not a tech podcast. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's always good, man. But uh, I think my good vibes out of the week is going to go with you know, great fans. As I mentioned earlier on in this episode, you know, BYU fans are fantastic. Texas Tech fans are always fantastic as well, too. Never knock on along with another Tech fan, especially on an away game. Um, and just, you know, kind of good fans all around. Of course, we all know that the toxic ones tend to make the most noise. So that's why they end up developing a negative. And a lot of people do develop a negative connotation towards a particular fan base because of their toxic fans. You know, it's kind of squeaky swill makes, you know, gets all the grease and whatnot. So good fans, man. Fans that are just be like, hey, you know, uh, respect your team, respect your school. You know, mm-hmm. not going to you know, talk a lot of shit to you. I mean, if, like after a win, like if you want to talk shit, like, hey, you know what? Go ahead. I don't care. You know, I've never really been a big shit talker myself, but I love it. A little, I love it myself. Correction against certain teams. You know, I, I do shit talk a bit. And when we be, yeah. Teams, but uh, how you yeah, feel like, about Carolina Panthers? Let's not get into that, buddy. Yeah, this I know. Anyways, thing, continue. You, you, you're, you're right. You're right. Bring down my vibes here. <laughs> you know, just, just bringing that garbage organization into uh fruition here. there you go that's the shit talk <laughs> i know that's what i want to hear yeah no 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 toxic fans but yeah no good fans else. are my good vibes by the way they're they, exactly. they are everywhere every fan base has them uh e- e- even the ones in austin they got some pretty good fans uh you, you didn't hear me say that you, you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> i will deny it if you ever bring it up in conversation um but yeah good fans is my good vibes vibe of the week I dig it, man. I dig it. Zuni, got any uh, trade for me, man? Uh, uh, Jonah, when's the last time uh, we beat uh, BYU? 1940. <laughs> there you go. That's the trivia of the week. <laughs> and I'm hoping that's not the last time we beat them. Yes. We got y'all next year. Hey, you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this is They've been waiting 83 years to get back at us, man. They finally did. <laughs> they finally got it. And you know what? Shout out to them. Uh, I'm happy you had a great interaction with the fans, man, because I, I always like BYU uh, just throughout the years. I've, I like their colors, the blue that they got, super dope. Obviously, Jets fan, I, I was excited about the Zach Wilson pick. So, yeah, yeah, BYU, pretty cool. Happy to have them in the Big 12. Welcome, y'all. Welcome, y'all, officially. Happy we got to play all this season. Hopefully, many more games to come. So, Absolutely. yeah, I love it, man. Good fans, good vibes. Love it. Any uh, final thoughts or shout-outs before we get this one uh, wrapped up? Uh, Shout-out my cat. If you're watching the YouTube, he uh, hopped into the video there. He had a little cameo. So shout-out my cat. Uh, shout-out my girl. Shout-out my, uh, you know, just shout-out all the all the people that listen, of course. Without y'all, you know, it's just yes. sad men, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, shout-out y'all. Um, and you know, just shout out, uh, shout out the good health for everybody. It's uh getting down to the to the winter seasons in the states, you know. So um, cold seasons do be a brewing, and you want to have the good good health with the fams, man. Yes, so, yeah, I'm uh, definitely here for it, man. Definitely here for it. Can't wait for it to be really really cold again. <laughs> Just around the corner, lad. Just around um, the corner. I want to go ahead and shout out. Um, you know the the ice cream at BYU, fantastic. The BYU Cougar Tail, fantastic. Uh, the good fans there, your friends we made on uh, on social media. Um, shout out those guys. I really want to give a shout out to Brooks from Tailgate Talks for coming on our episode. Uh, you know, just once again, you know, he's 
so well spoken you know go check them out um so yeah I, that's really my shout out so once again i'm a girl uh and uh mom a dad a whole family everybody even my brother um <laughs> just kind of going through the yeah. list here uh, who'd i forget uh <laughs> but yeah shout out to all you guys shout for to listening man. uh so yeah yeah i really uh really do appreciate it uh and thank y'all so very much for tuning in we really do appreciate you guys listening remember to keep the vibes high keep the guns up for nathan zuniga nessa martinez i'm Jonah young saying so long and we'll see you next time here on the lone raider podcast Bye-bye.